The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, and good morning. Today is April 2nd, 2023, and here are the topics that will be discussed on this week's edition of the Serious Side of the J. Wow Show. President Donald Trump has been indicted by a grand jury in New York. Trump was under investigation by the DA's office for his alleged hush money payment to adult film star Stormy Daniels during the 2016 campaign. Uh, But I want to put up, uh, we have now the full tweet here from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, who is shaping up to be uh, Trump's chief arch rival as we get even closer to the 2024 primary season. He says the weaponization of the legal system to advance a political agenda turns the rule of law on its head. We were trying to call her, call her, call her, couldn't get an answer, and finally someone found her phone, and they answered her phone, and it was like, we have not seen her, but... All the um, living survivors, they were shipping them to Vicksburg. And so probably about 4 o'clock that morning, that's when we were notified that they did find her body. So, Joining us now for more on this tragedy, I want to introduce you to Avriana Patton, who's a former middle school teammate of the Nashville shooter. Avriana, first off, we are so sorry for everything that your community is going through. I know you're there in Nashville. Tell me, what was your reaction initially? When you heard that a shooting had happened? Um, I was just, well, when I heard about a shooting, I didn't even correlate the two. Um, I just know that morning I had received that type of message, and I tried to respond, you know, you know, encouraging words. But then I was just like, I have to, I screenshotted it to my dad, and I was like, Dad, um, should I say something? And if so, who, what do I do? You know, how do I respond to something like this? Online radio at its best. When you ask God for something, God boxes it up, puts your name on it, and he ships it the day you ask for it. As soon as you ask for it, he ships it. The problem with the package is he never tells you the date that it's going to arrive. If he did that, it would destroy the one element that he requires, your faith. So God sends your package but he only delivers to Faith Street. If you step off of Faith Street and you go over here to I Don't Believe It Boulevard, he don't ship there. If you step over here to I Don't See How Avenue, he don't ship there. If you step over here to Ain't No Way Circle, he don't ship there. The package only goes to Faith Street. What happens to the average person is that when the package arrives and you ain't on Faith Street, it's just like the post office in FedEx, UPS. If you ain't there, the package got to go back. The 
478501272 is our calling number. It is the serious sound on a beautiful but gloomy Sunday, at least where I live. Hopefully the weather's better in your neck of the woods. I'm Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for being a part of this every Sunday. We appreciate you. We appreciate the fact that you take time out to listen to the show. And I tell you what, man, just a profound message from Steve Harvey, a message that has resounded and resonated with most of our listening base. So every opportunity we get to play it, we play it because it's just, if you just listen to it, very simple, but I tell you what, very profound. Of course, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, my friend. And uh, good morning, Nessa. Uh, good morning, Rich Sister. Uh, good morning, Momo B. Uh, good morning, Marion and Music. Uh, good morning, uh, Will J.S. Uh, good morning, Marion um, and Music. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Once again, that number is 347-850-1272. Vanessa's off. You know what Vanessa's doing. She's doing, she's abroad somewhere. You know, just uh, mm-hmm. where is Waldo? Where is Vanessa? Now, I'm pretty sure she was she was here this morning. But, hey, you know what? Whatever. We'll talk about that a little later in the show. Of course, our main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit, usually joins us after his commitment to Clear Channel Radio. But until then, me and the man himself, I'm pretty sure the pastor's grinning from in the air, me and the man himself, here running solo, holding it down until the colleagues come in. If and when they do, we'll be more than happy to get them on the air. Uh, you know, if you listen to the show, you know what time it is. We kind of go rapid clap here. We rapid clap amongst ourselves, talk about things that will not be on the main dish for the show this morning. And I guess the big thing is college basketball, uh, both female and male, now, I think that the shocker for the male basketball on the uh, male basketball side, I think, you know, listen, we, we're we past that. All the number ones were gone, you know, a week ago, whatever the case may be. So no real shockers uh, with, uh, to me, with men's college basketball. Great games, though. Well, the first game was. That second game was ridiculous. UConn oh. back in the, in the championship game. Uh, the Cinderella midnight struck. For Florida, I tell you what, though, uh, exciting game. A game that they led from beginning to end, except for that last shot, Mr. Elias. What say you as we prepare for Monday night's championship game? Well, you know what, man? It it was a shock on the women's side, too, because I thought that South Carolina... Well, well, we haven't talked. We talk of men's first. I mean, we're going to go to women after this, man. Listen, listen, brother, listen. I thought later. Oh, I like the way you did that. Okay, I like the way you did that. That was pretty cool. Okay. Get me in trouble with the female listening audience, but go ahead. uh, But, but, okay, but, um, you know what, man? I was going to Florida for Florida Atlantic because we got a brother on there, uh, Jaleel Davis, and he's Janelle Davis from from Gary, Indiana. And, man, look, they played their hearts out, man. That was a great game. I, I, you know, I couldn't understand what was going on with the offensive rebounding on that last series of plays, but, hey, Hey man, it was a great game. It was a good game, and I, you know, my hats off to all the teams that made it to the Final Four because they they played their hearts out to get there. Yeah, uh, I tell you what, man, Houston was the capital of the sports world yesterday. I mean, we had the Astros, we had, uh, man, we had all types of things going on downtown Houston. Uh, it was really a festive environment, and uh, you know, so just it pumped 
over $200 million into the local oh. economy. So, I mean, good grace, two to 300, they're, they're estimating, you know. So oh. that's something, the final four. So I'm so happy. You know, a friend of mine, we were you know, in the back smoking cigars last night, and we were looking at the games, and we were talking about the, the NIL. Um, and so how these student athletes are starting to make this money. And I'm so happy that now, you know, these college kids can reap the benefits from what universities have been taking from these kids all along. And the thing, the the case that stands out to me the most is the whole situation that happened to Terrell Pryor, you know, at at Ohio State. You know, I mean, this guy signed the autograph and they, they gave him something and all of a sudden, you know, they suspended him and all this other stuff. I'm like, but wait a minute, the coaches get paid to wear, you know, uh, brand name gear, but the college players, you know, and I use this example, especially when we used to have the show Powerhouse Sports Talk Radio, how a kid can walk into a supermarket and see his face, his or her face plastered on all the sports magazines, but that kid doesn't have enough money to go in there and buy, you know, $100 worth of groceries. I mean, it was a crime. So I'm glad... That you this know, thing is, the, you know, that the NIL is in place. Well, the the, the fact that they 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 treat these kids, and, and and like most people don't know, they always talk about a free college education. Well, you know, some even with the get free college here, education, um, if one of these kids get hurt, guess who pays for that? Not the college, but the parents. That goes on your parents' well, insurance. Yeah. Well, well, they're not. The now I know. Mississippi now I know old Miss when uh when the I can't remember the brother's name but the, the deep back they got hurt they committed so yeah right it's at the discretion of the school for the most part basically mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're not obligated so, yeah no they're not obligated they wouldn't do anything so now these kids can make the millions of dollars that they're doing I applaud it I do yeah but here's the bigger thing too. Uh, uh, revolving around that is that, you know, people were saying, okay, well, there's the pros, but here are the cons. The cons are that, you know, maybe a lot of small schools will become irrelevant because of the fact that, you know, why would I go pay, why would I go play for a small school that can pay me, you know, $350,000 when I can go to one of the big schools who can drop a million or two million in my pocket? And then the other part of it is they were talking about how will this have an effect on women's professional sports because what people don't understand and don't know that the WNBA has not made any money since it's existed. It's been around for a very long time. The NBA takes care of the WNBA. But now you have kids, and I think the highest, the average salary in the WNBA, I think is $100,000. And the average salary in the NBA is $10 million. But I think the highest person paid in the WNBA, and I'm not for sure on this, I think maybe, maybe close to a million or whatever. I don't know what it is. I have to go look it up. But you have a gymnast at the collegiate level. She's making $3 million through the NIL. So it's like what type of effect, and I know people are like, you guys are talking sports, but it kind of led to this conversation. What type of effect, Mr. Elias, do you think this is going to have on the small colleges and women's professional sports, especially basketball, because tennis you know, the highest paid female athletes in the world are tennis players, golfers, so they're fine. But what type of effect do you think this is going to have on those smaller schools? The same type of effect it always had, man. It, you know, you know, 
Let's just be honest, man. These smaller schools have How never so, been at, What do you mean by been, that? Okay. How so? And these small, the smaller schools have never been able to, um, to, to, to collect on the, uh, the bigger money. How the small, smaller schools make their money if they, they play these bigger schools and these bigger schools like, like the HBCUs, they pay these bigger schools so that they can make the money. And that's how they make their money. But we're talking deeper because now at least, you, you know, you had guys and, you know, guys and gals who made decisions saying, look, I'd rather go play for a smaller school because at least I'll get on the court, right? Or I'll get on the field versus if I go to a big college, I won't get on, you know, I'd rather go and play versus go to a Big Ten school or, you know, or a Pac-12 school or wherever the case may be and sit on the end of the bench. But now that money's involved, those smaller colleges are not even going to get these pretty decent athletes because they can go to these bigger schools and they have parents who don't have anything. I don't know what you're doing, but it's loud. But you have parents uh, who don't have any money going to be saying, look here, bump that. Well, Mom, I want to go to, you know, Florida, you know, Central State University uh, Community College because I can play. Yeah, but guess what? You need to take your butt up and sit on the bench, you know, for Florida State because guess what? They're going to pay you a million dollars just to sit there. We need money up in this household. So I I can see how it can have an adverse effect on smaller schools, even more so because you're right, what you mentioned is definitely a factor, but now that this money is in the game, you know, it changes everything, man. And I'm glad. And now for those who may not know what NIL stands for, it stands for Name, Image, and Likeness. I think the first player, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Elias, I think wasn't it one of the Bohannon brothers or whatever the case that, that went in and said, yeah. hey, you can't be using my image, um, you know, uh, and they were right. It was it was actually a player from um, from UCLA, Ed Bannon. Ed Bannon was one of the first players they complained. That's about. yeah, okay, that's and what I mean. Yeah, there, yeah, 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 him. Uh, I said Bannon, Ed, Ed Bannon, yeah. Ed Bannon, he sued them, and he got uh, he, he, you know, I guess he won his lawsuit. <laughs> they were using his likeness, and he couldn't afford nothing to go when he was going to college. So, bottom line is, you know, this is what happened. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Those big schools were raking money, and you know some of the con- some of the TV contracts for some of these major schools are big. But you know you still have the fact that now what happens? You have a kid that's on the swimming team; he's not going to he or she's not going to make that type of money versus you know kids who are playing you know college basketball and college football, which are the money makers at the collegiate level. Uh, South Carolina gone. Uh, they had a forty-five. I think it was a forty-five game win streak snapped. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, your thoughts, man. I, I was, you know, that uh, young lady, I forget her name, but, boy, she was cooking them, bro. She had 40-something yes. points. Yes. Jeez Louise. Yes, yes. yes. I watched that game, man. I was, I was, that young girl, hey, man, she's cold-blooded. She has ice water in her veins, man. If she didn't give it to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. She did her thing, and she, she, she played some, she played some heck of a ball, man, so. You know, you got to give credit where credit is due, man. She she did her thing, man. And uh, I hate to see South Carolina go down like that because I'm a fan of Dawn Staley. She's been a fan of Dawn Staley since she was at Temple University. So, 
you know, bottom uh, line. USA is that, Dream Team too. It was her swoop, yeah, all those girls. Yeah. It really put yeah. for, you know women's basketball. Matter of fact, I think the reason why the WNBA was uh, was even created was based on the the momentum behind that USA basketball team. You know, they you remember they appeared on the Martin Show. It was very popular at the time. You know, the, the female basketball team with Lisa Leslie and all those guys. So, yeah, so absolutely. I, I think that you're absolutely correct about that. And, you know, it's unfortunate that they lost because, uh, you know, I didn't know they were playing until you, you know, said, hey, man, they're they're, you know, they're about to lose. I'm like, what? And I tuned in. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So apparently uh, they went down, though, but, you know, nothing to be ashamed of. Hold your head up. That's hard to say when you look when you just lost. But, you know, what a tremendous record. They were undefeated, and, you know, the law averages say at some point you will lose. You just hate to lose at that level, you know. And at that time of the year, which is re- really, really Most crazy. Definitely. Most All right, definitely. folks, we have a lot to get into this morning, as you can imagine. So it is time for us to give you an NPR News update. And then after that, we'll be back to talk about some of the news of the day. <laughs> You're listening to the Serious Side, 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. The violent weather that hit the Midwest and South this weekend is being blamed for killing at least 26 people, nine in one Tennessee county alone. Confirmed or suspected tornadoes touched down in at least eight states. The storms tore a path through Arkansas's capital and collapsed the roof of a packed concert venue in Illinois. In western Indiana, at least three people were killed. George Hale from member station WFIU reports entire blocks of homes were wiped out. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb arrived in Sullivan as hundreds of workers and volunteers cleared debris and searched for survivors. Holcomb said officials with the Federal Emergency Management Agency and Homeland Security were already assisting with recovery efforts. So this is a all-hands-on-death effort and, and will continue to be. Indiana State Police declared a curfew starting at 7 p.m. City officials say they haven't accounted for every resident. National Weather Service investigators are now studying the aftermath. One official said initial estimates showed the tornado could have been moving as fast as 165 miles per hour when it touched down in the city. For NPR News, I'm George Hale in Terre Haute, Indiana. Starting this weekend, millions of Americans could lose their health insurance. That's because of temporary federal rule that prevented states from dropping people from Medicaid during the pandemic is ending, as NPR's Maria Godoy reports. Before the pandemic, people had to re-enroll in Medicaid every year. The process could be a big red tape hassle, and people often lost coverage even if they qualified for benefits. Now, people will have to re-enroll in Medicaid for the first time in three years. Many people have moved during that time, and they may not have updated their contact information, so they may not get their renewal notices. Limited English and a lack of tech savvy can also be obstacles to finishing renewal paperwork on time. In the meantime, Medicaid has grown bigger than ever, so a lot more people need to be processed. Estimates suggest as many as 18 million people are at risk of losing Medicaid over the coming months. Maria Godoy, NPR News. Pope Francis has presided over Palm Sunday Mass at the Vatican. He appeared before tens of thousands of worshippers the day after he was released from a hospital in Rome where he was treated for bronchitis, as the BBC's Jenny Hill reports. Pope Francis has made it clear he wanted to get back to work. And while his voice wavered at times, he presided over the Palm Sunday Mass in front of tens of thousands of worshippers. 
there was applause as he thanked them for their prayers. And then, the service over, he took to his Popemobile for a tour of the square, waving energetically to the cheering crowd. His hospital stay has intensified speculation over his longer-term future. He has repeatedly indicated that he'd stand down should his health fail. You're listening to NPR News. Online radio at its best. President Donald Trump has been indicted by a grand jury in New York. Trump was under investigation by the DA's office for his alleged hushed money payment to adult film star Stormy Daniels during the 2016 campaign. Welcome back in. 347-852-1272 is the call-in number. 20 minutes after the hour. Oh, what a happy day. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Donald Trump indicted. Uh, <laughs> the thing that's so crazy about all of this, and welcome back in. You're listening to The Serious Side. Uh, once again, that number is 347 The crazy thing about this is, is that once the announcement uh, was made that he was being indicted, you saw a lot of media people trying to maintain their composure. Now, they were losing their minds on Fox News, uh, but MSNBC and some of the more um, uh, left-leaning news uh, shows and channels were trying to maintain that face and, oh, we're not going to celebrate, we're not going to go, you know, we're not going to go yes, yes, yes. Well, guess what? We don't care about that stuff, and that's why you heard, oh, happy day, oh, happy day, oh, happy day. Yes, a day that we finally, as far as I'm concerned, have been waiting for. Donald Trump indicted for the hush money case in which his former attorney, uh, Michael Cohen, paid Stormy Daniels money, hush money, for her to be quiet about an affair that she had with the presidential candidate at the time back in 2016. Mr. Elias, man, I'm not going to ask you any questions. I'm just going to ask you for your thoughts at this moment. What say you, sir? Uh, Mr. Elias? You know, Jay, I, I think this is going to open up a can of worms, to be honest. What I think is going to happen, mm-hmm. I think that they I think that they're going to come up with all kind of trumped up charges now on uh any 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 president that comes up now and they're, they're going to they're come going up to with what? Trumped up charges on any kind of thing that any okay, Biden did this, Biden did that, Biden did this, and it's it's, it's gonna it's gonna reflect. But this is okay. instead of them just being being the type of adults that realize that this 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 guy did he 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 did some wrong stuff, you know he did he did I'm, wrong stuff. I'm confused, man. Are you? It sounds to me, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. It just sounds to me that you're concerned about this. It sounds to me that you're not as happy as I am. It sounds to me you're not doing the Snoopy dance. Uh, because you're concerned about what type of impact this will have on our nation, am I reading you correctly? Not not, not on our nation. Just just the the recourse of how these people are going to uh, how they're going to act. You know, they're going what, what to how the they're going to do. Okay. Uh, 
what the hell it means is that these people are going yeah. to, come on, man, they, they're going to, they're going to have a recourse to come after any 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 Democratic president now that's going to come through, even if it. But as, as, that as, already as, exists. Well, that already exists. Well, but okay. So, well, okay. So, but I guess I'm I, I'm lost. You, you are losing me here because they already listen. Jim Jordan has already begun this campaign to look into you know uh, President you know Hunter Biden's uh, laptop. They, they're already doing this. Here's the here's right. here's the one catch. The one catch is that this is a this is a local uh, mm-hmm. indictment. You know, so the federal government can't do anything about it, even though they're reaching out to to the brother, uh, 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 Attorney General Brack, trying to get him to turn over information, and he's telling them pretty much in in uh, it's such a very tactful <laughs> way to kiss his ass. <laughs> That's what right, he's trying to tell right, right, You know, kiss my right, ass. Bro. I mean, this I, is I, don't don't bring it here. This is local. Stay out of my business. This thing. I've watched this thing, and I've watched it carefully, man. And, 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 you okay. know, chess, like you say, chestnut checkers, man. And you know what, man? They are, they, these people are vengeful because you're going after their, their savior, their God. They're, they're, they're the man that they want, they're the man that they're going to get. And it's going to cost me, I'm more concerned about what it's costing the taxpayers and money. Because there's going to be a lot of falsified stuff that's going to, that we're going to have to pay for because these people feel like you went after their demigod. Party 
to either Democrat or independence because they can't be a part of this lunacy. They said, listen, I'm, I'm for conservative values, but I cannot support a, a country, uh, support a uh, political party full of, of imbeciles, people who are ridiculous, stupid individuals. We can't support it. So they are denouncing the government, the, the, the GOP. But here's the bigger issue, Mr. Elias, that I have, the bigger question I have for you. At some point, which will be Tuesday, he's turning himself in. Uh-huh. We talked about this a little bit last week, about the possibility whether he'd get indicted or not. But now it's a fact. It's a wrap. He has been indicted. We talked about what are the procedures for a person that gets indicted. He's going to have to be, turn himself over to police, which you just think, well, he's not going to do that. Yes, he is. No, no, they're going to send somebody that, nope. I said, brother, he has to come to the place where he's being accused, which he will be flying into New York, I think, on Monday on his private plane to turn himself in on Tuesday. He's going to stay at his uh, Trump Towers overnight, and he's going to go turn himself in on Tuesday. He has to go and get booked. He has to be read the indictment. It will be unsealed at that time, and then he will hear the counts that have been levied against him, and he has to take a mugshot. So what you were talking about last week, uh-uh. he has to come to New York, brother, we'll and he see. has to face the facts. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It ain't happening yet. What do you mean, we'll, we'll see? see. What's gonna happen. We'll see. We'll see what? What are we we'll seeing? See what happens. We'll see what happens. Well, of course. We'll see. But it sounds like this is a direct challenge to the fact that I'm saying he has to come here and be booked. It sounds like you are still not convinced that he has to come to New York to be booked. He might come to New York, but he might they might book him in his in his in his uh what's the name? Do his mug shot at his hotel. All nah, because of who no. he is. No. Okay. They've already no okay. they've already you haven't been paying attention. I can understand because I'll you're on the flight, you've been I'll traveling. Be, Trust I've been paying attention. I have Trust me, sir. What I'm Trust me, sir. Is that what they mm-hmm. say and what they do might be two different things on things, man. I'm okay. telling you. Okay. I hear you. So now let's talk about the bigger impact on the country. Because remember, back in the 70s, the reason why Gerald Ford pardoned uh, President Nixon, because he said at the time that our nation cannot. And keep in mind that this was four years removed from the 60s. You know, I want to say it was uh, six years removed from the assassination of Dr. King. So our country was in a very bad place back then because no matter what people say about, you know, oh, man, these times, we're in the worst of times, trust me, what we're experiencing now is nothing compared to what our grandfathers and great-grandfathers and mothers and stuff faced back during the movement. It's not even close. You know, you see brothers openly dating white women. Oh, no, that was a no-go back then. And if you got caught somewhere, you was getting strung up. And in most cases, uh, all white juries would acquit you. So stop it with this. It's worse than it was in the 60s. No, it's not. It's not even close. However, that being said, once again, Gerald Ford, you know, seven years removed or six years removed from the assassination of Dr. King, said our country can't see this. They, they cannot withstand, you know, we, it can't handle the fact that a president will be, you know, charged and, and sent to jail. Because trust me, Nixon was going to get indicted. They had already started the paperwork. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ford pardoned him. So what do you think in this case? 
How do you think the country, and I've always said this about Donald Trump, if you've been listening to the show, I said that I think that the best thing to the Constitution is Donald Trump. He's, he's, the, he's the crash course dummy. He's the one to make sure that under duress will this system hold out. So far, so good, because they tried to overturn that election, and the system held up. But now this is the first. He was the first. He was, you know, he will go down in history as the first for a lot of things. The first president to be <laughs> to be to be impeached twice. Now he's the first president that will be indicted. So how do you think this will play out for the country, Mr. Elias? Um, on Tuesday, I, I, I think on the country it's going to be a lot of violence. I do. I think people a lot are of going what? to be a lot of violence. I think a lot of people Ooh. will probably try and storm New York, and, and I know New York is trying to prepare for it. But how do you prepare for uh, what happened at the Capitol? How do you prepare for hundreds of thousands of people coming to New York to to to, to rally against it? You know, it's, it's, it's a hotbed. It's going to be a hotbed in New York. That's why I said, man, if they if they were smart. They would they would book him at his hotel and get him the hell up out of town again. Yeah, you know, but see if they, they do that. Wise. Well, that's to me that's worse they do because that's what worse. you're doing. Yeah, it's worse because you're sending a message that once again uh, that he's above the law. No one else does that. So then why would you right. do it for him? And, and a lot of people are not the president, ex presidents of the United States. Either, well, so. I, well, but see, this kind of goes back to an, a, a disagreement you and I had a long time ago. I mean, at the end of the day, you were all these ago. I said, dude, I said, one of the things about him being a former president, I said, you know, the reason why we talked about the attorney general, why they haven't brought charges against this guy. I said, look, they are weighing what type of political impact, what type of impact this is going to have on our country, not from a political standpoint, but what type of impact will we have? And I think I mentioned this last year, last week on the show, where I said, I think Attorney General Garland is happy that New York's case is up front first. Because this is a test run. We want to see what happens, right? We're going to see what happens here. Well, I I think, well, listen, dude, dude, I I think, and this is just my personal opinion, I think that he's happy that New York stepped up. Now, out of all the four charges that could be levied against him, these are the the least. Yeah, it's the weakest. Because the same thing happened to, you know, Edwards back in the day, and he was acquitted, even though he was tried and, you know, and booked and all that stuff. He was acquitted. So that's the thing that concerns me. What concerns me is is that this is the big – this is the first. The first time he's been indicted, uh, but now, you know, just like with the Mueller report, you know, everybody got got their mouth all ready for some orange juice for the Mueller report, and it was none in the container. People that, uh, matter of fact, uh, if you're listening to the show, you can either call in or on social media. That's a reference from a movie. Somebody tell me what movie that is. I want to test your chops this morning. But got their mouth all ready for some orange juice. And guess what? The Mueller report was a big dub because everyone thought at that time that that would be the report that was going to nail him to the cross. But Robert Mueller was like, yeah, but there's a rule that you do not indict a sitting president. The unwritten rule, I guess. Well, no, it is a rule. But listen, it looks like the smartest man in the world has uh, graced us with his presence, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit, who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. Welcome into the show, Jerome. What's happening? Good morning, Jerome. Nothing much, man. How you doing? 
right. All right, brother. All right, man. Uh, you know, I don't know if you were here from. I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show. At the beginning of this segment, uh, we let it off with "Oh, happy day," <laughs> and I said basically. <laughs> I said, basically, you know, the, the left-leaning uh, uh, news channels are trying to maintain this professionalism. All you know, they don't want to celebrate. You know, they want to just give it to them straight. I said, guess what? But we're not constrained by that. So I'm dancing. You know, listen. If it wasn't, if this was a nine o'clock, nine p.m. show, I'd be drinking right about now. But that's okay because it's 9 a.m. So, so at the end of the day, I'm going to celebrate because this bastard has been getting away with nonsense for the longest. So now finally he is indicted. So I'm going to give you the same uh, privy that I gave Mr. Elias. I'm not going to ask you a question. I'm just going to ask you your thoughts, please. YPP, your thoughts, please, on this historical yeah, you know, indictment. And first of all, I, I want to point out, you know, I know sometimes since you, you know, kind of, the way you framed it, the way you just framed it, I want to say yes. there's no irony that there are black prosecutors prosecuting him, right? Three so, out of the four. Three out of the four. Right. Right, because when you when you talk about why federal is not prosecuting um, Trump, it is because everybody maintains, like, supremacy. They maintain white supremacy. You cannot put a president in this position because it'll make him look bad and everybody will look at us around the world like they're going through that. Whereas most of the time when they prosecute black folks, they just go, oh, we need to set an example for everybody else. But the the black folks as a culture, we don't do that. We're like, you broke the law, your butt's going to jail, right? And so it took them a while, but there's nothing like you brought up the Mueller report. Everything in that Mueller report said – you know, literally, that he broke the law, but nobody wanted to pursue it. This is very different than the Mueller report. That's more like fact-finding. And they found enough to go at him, did not do it. But even the Justice Department under Barr convicted Michael Cohen and knew that they were protecting the person who Michael Cohen was working for, and that was Trump, for his behalf. Right, but the, the, his administration sent him to jail for the exact same thing. So this is not the weakest case because here's what I think is going on. Not only people keep looking at Michael Cohen and Stormy Daniels, and I am thinking about that Karen McDougal woman and that catch and kill stuff from the National Enquirer. Now, when it comes into conspiracy, all of them conspired. And I think what we're looking at and what people are speculating on TV is not what's going to be in those indictments. It's partially, it's like pulling somebody over for a traffic stop and then finding out they have, um, you know, no license, no insurance, um, a bunch of weed. Like you find that I think once they poked on the, the Michael Cohen side, I think they got a bunch of other stuff. He's been doing illegal stuff in New York for a long time. And New York State is pretty rigid when it comes down to um, the, their, the way that they handle prosecution because they're used to dealing mob cases. So we know, like, that they're used to, you know, prosecuting conspiracy charges in New York State. I don't think this is an easy one at all. I think it's almost the complete opposite. I think the thing to worry about in the bigger picture is people, you know, Republicans making this case of fatigue and 
you know, they're just prosecuting him because he's he's running for office. He's running for office because he's getting prosecuted is what is going on. There you go. So, exactly. You know, but I don't think, but Jerome, real quick, I don't I don't think we're saying it's the easiest. I think what what we're saying is that out of all the charges, these charges most likely are, you know, come on. I mean, they said no, Michael Cohen to jail. You're absolutely correct. But you yeah, don't think that out of all four. New York State. Like, we, okay. they think if you talk about the misdemeanors, yeah, you're like, yeah. those misdemeanors, they might have escalated because of federal charge. I think there's some yeah, other yeah. stuff that has to do with racketeering that they're probably playing with as well. So okay. there's 33 counts. Yeah. yeah. And, and, they yeah, could, and people keep whittling down to, like, two counts. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's fraud and paperwork and all this stuff. Yeah, he did that, too. But remember, New York State Attorney General has him on something else. Who, who knows if they're going to combine them? Because they can do that with, with, with local and state charges. You don't know if they're, at, once he's indicted that the state attorney general might kick in and say, yep, and also with these additional charges from the state. You don't know. So if they pile them things on just to tamp news down until they arraign him, which I would think they would do, that would be the smart thing, right, to put out the least amount of resistance up front arrest his butt, and then drop a bomb of charges on him that he can't defend. They had all weekend to defend this stuff, and I think New York State wanted him, that DA um, wanted him to turn himself in on Friday, and um, the Trump folks, you know, kind of said it's the Secret Service and all these other excuses, and we can come in on Tuesday. But they wanted him to come in on Friday because they knew that the longer you keep this out in the weekend, the longer you would speculate on charges and people will have a chance to defend themselves in public because that's what, you know, they're doing is trying to get the court of public opinion to make a judgment wow. before they even go in. I think those prosecutors are smarter than that. And, oh, and wow. On the side I did not note, know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on a side note, you know, Reagan, they, um, I forgot it was Baker yeah. or somebody. Yeah, who actually talked with Congress with both sides, like the Democrats mm-hmm. and Republicans, and they agreed not to prosecute Reagan when Reagan got out of yep. office because they yep. knew that they could they should bring him up on charges, and that was their excuse. Well, we don't yeah. want to charge an ex-president. But they knew he broke the law yeah. like they knew um, what's with, his name with that money. Was, yeah, with, with the money. Yeah, with the rocket. Yeah, because they voted for him not to do it, and he did it anyway. I mean, yeah, so absolutely, you're absolutely correct about yeah. that. Should have been charged. It's, it's, um, it's primarily Republicans, right, that always go to jail after they get out of office. Now, that, that but, has to tell you something. But, but you the know the thing that... People who break the law uh, knowing that they won't get prosecuted is sitting on one side opposed to the other. Yeah. Well, I just, I just lost my train of thought. I wanted to say something here real quick. I just lost it. Wow. Um, okay. But, yeah, but, you, but you're absolutely correct about that. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the... the so let me ask you this, one last question before we go to break. Um, so what do you think is going to happen? Because last, on last week's show, Ms. Elias said that, oh, they're going to, you know, either go to Florida and, and do all this stuff. I said, brother, once he gets, if he gets indicted, he has to come in and turn himself in. He has to surrender. So now Ms. Elias said at the top of the show, well, okay, instead of him, you know, they're going to, they need to go to where he is. And you know, do it on this plane, or go to you know Trump Tower, or whatever, to to prevent this from you know getting out of hand. How do you think this thing is going to happen on Tuesday, uh, uh, Jerome? 
with him oh, they're gonna, turning, they're gonna turning probably, himself in. Um, yeah, they're probably going to walk him, walk him in. He's probably not going to get handcuffed. They're going right, to take of pictures of him. He's going to get fingerprinted. But they're not yeah. going to handcuff him because of symbolically they're going to sneak him in the courtroom anyway. There's probably another way in, so they're not going to perp walk him, which he thought was going to happen. Yeah. And when people which say he wanted, stuff I like, think. well, he was preparing himself, right? So it's like okay. a little kid, like when you mm. know you're going to get in trouble, you're like, yeah. so I know I'm going to get a beating. Like, you're just trying to get your head right, right? So you keep saying it out loud. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to take a look at it. So, but you have to remember, the Secret Service is the police. There is no – they're not his private security. When people keep saying that, like, DeSantis is like, we're not going to extradite him, they don't have to. The Secret Service has handcuffs. You think that they won't call him and be like, okay, place that fool under arrest. They're there to protect him from other people, not from themselves. They're the police. Yeah. I don't know why nobody yeah. even gets that. They're yeah. government employees, so they're not his personal security. So if the police show up, his, they're, they're going to be like, all right, well, where you want them? Because they can't break the law either. Secret Service can. Yeah. They're gonna, They'll get fired. They can replace Secret Service. Secret Service agent. Yeah, that's true. That's uh. That's crazy, man. I, and boy, I tell you what, I, this is going to be a fun week. I cannot wait to uh, see how all this shakes out, boy. Oh, my goodness. It's been a long day. It's been a long time coming. And I know change going to come. Oh, yes, it will. Oh, my Lord. I can't. I, oh, I'm, I'm just so happy. Anyway, all right. So, listen. Labor organizing surged last year. Mr. Elias is going to love this. But... Led by Amazon and Starbucks. Now, you know what they were trying to do. A Gallup poll found that 71% of Americans approve of unions, yet only 10% of the workers belong to a union as employees continue to fight back. So, in this week's edition of In uh, Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know, what's really going on? Is labor still got that grip? And the fact that Starbucks' former uh, CEO was called to Congress, uh, it was read the riot act because basically like we just said amazon starbucks organizing against labor let's listen to the story it's convenient time in four minutes or less something that you need to know and we'll be right back on the other side keep it right here three four seven eight five oh one two seven two it is the serious side on a beautiful sunday hope you guys are enjoying the day we'll be right back after this It was a champagne pop that resounded through corporate America. To the first union in American history. That was Chris Smalls, founder of the Amazon Labor Union, toasting the first Amazon Union in the U.S. a year ago today. It was a stunning victory. A year later, the fight drags on for his union and for many others. As NPR's Andrea Hsu reports. Remember what it was like last spring? The labor movement had so much hope. Please welcome Chris Smalls. Chris Smalls, the fired Amazon warehouse worker turned labor warrior, has become a hero, a staple of late night television. Pharaoh, who is in the bodega with us today? Oh, man, it's God himself. It's my man Chris Smalls. Chris Smalls. With his signature gold chains and dark shades, he appeared on panel after panel. Chris, you are giving us hope and inspiration um, because... Because he had achieved the impossible. He'd gone to war with Goliath and won. 
the union victory at Amazon had people talking about a labor resurgence, not just at Amazon, but among working people everywhere, a turnaround for unions after a decades-long decline. Chris Smalls himself warned Amazon that more organizing was coming. Here he was on Showtime. It's been crazy. Ever since we won, uh, we've been contacted by every building in the country already and overseas as well. I'm checking my DMs every day, messages, emails. I can't even keep up anymore. But just a month after its April 1st victory, the Amazon labor union lost its next election at a warehouse across the street by a fairly wide margin. We just got some breaking news out of New York where Amazon workers have voted not to unionize a second Staten Island warehouse. And last fall, Amazon workers voted down the union at another warehouse in Albany. Now, Amazon had spent millions on anti-union consultants. The company had also raised wages, made some changes workers had been asking for, and outright said to them, you're better off without a union. Why pay their dues? That message seems to have gotten through. And now there are reports of rifts within the Amazon labor union, disagreements about how to move forward, how to carry on the fight, because it remains a fight, even at the warehouse that did unionize. Amazon has still to accept the results of that election, much less to bargain a contract. Ruth Milkman is a labor sociologist with the Graduate Center at the City University of New York. And that's true of all these companies. They all are remain intransigent in their anti-union activities, and the law enables them to do that. Labor law, she says, is tilted in favor of employers. For one thing, employers can find endless ways to stall the process. That's what Amazon appears to be doing on Staten Island. Federal labor officials have considered and rejected Amazon's numerous objections to the election. Now they've ordered the company to start negotiating a contract. But Amazon has asked for a review. And even if that review doesn't go in its favor, Amazon can appeal all the way to the Supreme Court. They can create long delays at every stage of the organizing process, and that's exactly what we're seeing. Also, there are no civil penalties for violating a worker's right to organize. So even though labor officials have found some of Amazon's anti-union activities to be unlawful, the company has gotten little more than a slap on the wrist. Here's how Liz Schuler, the president of the AFL-CIO, sees it. Right now, companies are just, it's a cost of doing business. Democrats, including President Biden, have been pushing for a bill that would change that. Under the PRO Act, companies would be fined up to $50,000 for each violation of labor law, double that for repeat offenders. But with Congress divided the way it is, the PRO Act is going nowhere. And without a radical change to the law, Ruth Milkman says a labor resurgence is unlikely. Those of us who've been watching this stuff for many decades have actually been pleasantly surprised by the success that has occurred, but it's too modest in scope and too fiercely resisted by employers. To really move the needle, she says. So despite all the commotion that unions created last year, including that champagne pop a year ago today, the share of workers belonging to a union has actually fallen. It's now at a record low of about 10%. Andrea Hsu, NPR News. And we note that Amazon is among NPR's financial supporters and pays to distribute some of our content. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. Smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Let's get 
Take time to be a dad today. All those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. Online radio at its best. But I want to put up, we have now the full tweet here from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, who is shaping up to be uh, Trump's chief arch rival as we get even closer to the 2024 primary season. He says the weaponization of the legal system to advance a political agenda turns the rule of law on its head. It is un-American. The Soros-backed Manhattan district attorney has consistently bent the law to downgrade felonies and to excuse criminal misconduct. Yet now he is stretching the law to target a political opponent. Florida will not assist in an extradition request given the questionable circumstances at issue with this Soros-backed Manhattan prosecutor and his political agenda. That is interesting. Remember, uh, when Trump had said that on that, that Saturday morning that he was going to be arrested that following Tuesday, uh, DeSantis uh, went quiet. He and his camp went quiet for about 48 hours. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. 52 minutes after the hour, 8 before the top of the hour. You're listening to The Serious Side, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. As we continue to discuss the indictment of Donald Trump, now we're going to take a look at the GOP's response. And so that dang going Ron DeSantis, let me tell you something. That guy is a wussy. The word that, you know, Rhymes with wussy. That's what he is. He's a, oh, my God. So so here's the thing, Jerome, as a political strategist. My question for you is, you know, a lot of the Republicans have spoken out. You know, you saw Speaker McCartney talking about, oh, I want to make sure that campaign funds, federal funds are not being used to, to, uh, to, to fund this uh, illegal per- persecution of a president. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene with her crazy self, I'm heading down there with picket signs to lead the rally. You know, you have all these crazy Republicans, even freaking Lindsey Graham, who has definitely fell off the porch. I mean, he's gone. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just crazy, man. But here's what they're trying to do. And you correct me if I'm wrong. They're trying to have their cake you need it too, because none of them like Donald Trump, especially DeSantis. Now that he's come after him, because Donald Trump has no, there's no loyalty amongst the NFTs. If you come after him, he can praise you one minute, but then if you're coming after him, he's going to come at you. So now Ron DeSantis, who's trying to play both sides of the of the fence here, because they all know that they need Trump voters. So you don't want to sit here and piss them off. So you're going to say things like, well, we're not going to help with the extradition of Donald Trump, which is, first of all, number one, he would have to if it, if it boils down to that. Number two, they've already said he's going to turn himself in. So this is nothing but political catnip for their base, man. Why do you think they're doing this, man? I mean, good God, do they not understand the danger that they're putting not only their fellow Americans but the Constitution under? Do they not understand that? It's all about them, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think they care. I think that living contradictory lives is a part of the American way, right? So whether you look at DeSantis or Reagan or whomever, people, they break laws and don't expect to be prosecuted. Trump did that for the whole time, and he's doing it again. The, I think the reason that they stalled, uh, one of the reasons that they stalled, you know, turning themselves in from Friday to Tuesday is because they know Trump is going to say something. They know that once he gets a gag order, New York State will send your butt to jail. If you threaten a judge, if you threaten a prosecutor, 
if you do that, he can actually that you can actually get held, right? There's a lot of people who are held in jail with no bond. They don't think that's going to happen because he has Secret Service, so he won't be able to you know shake his Secret Service detail because they're still that's somehow a house arrest because the Secret Service is not going to be like we're in an undisclosed location. I can't tell you, right? They're going to tell where that dude is. So they're playing a they're playing a game that. You know, white folks play generally. I don't care what, you know, jurisdiction you're in or municipality that you're in, is that some people get um, to be talk out of both sides of their mouths, right? They're like, we don't want any more new immigrants. Oops, we need to help the Ukrainians. Let's bring them all in. Like, they do that every doggone day. So for DeSantis to do that on the, from the political side, it is a smart play. I mean, it, it, as far as this goes, as far as political calculations, they're only playing to their supporters anyway. So what they do is they bring up, you know, this Soros guy, who I never really heard his name until um, the Clinton uh, Republicans tried to make Clinton the boogeyman, and then they made this guy like a phantom figure. But you have that My Pillow guy just on radio and TV backing him, or you have. Um, all of these guys, whether it's Joe Rogan, Joe Osteen, all of them were supporting that dude up front, and everybody won't say jack to them dudes like that. There's always a double standard when people make those kind of with those kind of comments, and it's always a double standard when it comes to white folks that people act like they did not say what they just said. I mean, Lindsey Graham does that all the time. He's outraged about the same thing he wasn't outraged with yesterday. Pathetic. Pathetic. He's yeah. just pathetic, man. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's just pathetic. I mean, I mean, there's nothing else I can say. He's he's pathetic. And you keep wondering why he. Everybody keeps wondering why they keep winning. It's because it's totally acceptable, right? It's yeah. it acceptable. Oh, I know he said this, but he said this about abortion, or he said this about whatever. They do that. Oh yeah. We are very unforgiving, right? Like you, again, you can look at cases that we're looking at two different cultures. And so in yeah. our culture, we're trying to explain that to everybody else, and that doesn't fly with us. That's why we get so many comments about, you know, oh, you guys are bringing in race. It's because there are cultural differences that those guys cannot understand. We can see all of this dis- this dysfunction, and they just totally yeah. have this cognitive dissonance or willful ignorance that they like to go under when it comes to their politicians. Reagan should have yeah. been thrown in jail. That is affirmative for what he did. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. I, but you know the thing is, is that like it, with with Lindsey Graham, once again, he's just pathetic. He's just a pathetic human being, and you know they'll say anything. Uh, to get reelected, they'll say anything to remain in power. I remember we did a show where we played what they said before, and we played what they said after. And, you know, the bottom line is that it has no political, you know, uh, damage or political capital. They lose no political capital behind this nonsense. And, you know, I get tired of people saying, well, you know, oh, the, 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 the GOP, they really did do well in the midterm election. Yeah, but they still have the House. Okay. I don't care if you lose by one point or lose by 15 points, you still lost. 
And so, yeah, we, we can look at it long term. You know, like you said, it's, you know, chess is not, it's chess not checking. So who knows, maybe long term we're better positioned. But at this point, they, uh, they, they are in control. They are in control of one of the branches of government. And it's just unfortunate. Mr. Elias, one person we haven't heard from, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm still at home uh, recovering from a fall that I had, but uh, I have no comment on uh, the president. We haven't heard from that guy. And so why do you think that is? Why do you think that's so? Why have we not heard from Mitch McConnell? We haven't heard from, you know, Mitt Romney. We haven't heard from some of these other GOP leaders. Let's say you, Mr. Elias, why do you think that uh, there's a code of silence? They're not saying anything. Well, bottom line is you said it best. He's at home recovering, and a lot of these people don't want to get into political turmoil with their with their, with their base, man. Let's call it what it is. Uh, Mitt Romney, he, he he'll speak out at, at times, but he you know he still wants to he still wants to play in between what he's playing in between. You know, he plays the in between. I don't, game. I don't I'm think. I'm in. I, yeah, I don't think he yeah. does. I don't. I don't I think do. Mitt Romney. I Mitt do. Romney. I think Mitt Romney is not a part of. People look at Mitt Romney because he was at one point the standard bearer for the Republican Party when he ran against President Obama. You know, so yeah, they're going to stick a mic in his face because of you know what he's done in the past. But I, I don't think Mitt Romney uh, is concerned about pissing off Trump people because he's already said he was one of the people that voted to impeach him. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, so at the end of the day, he could care less about that because he's in a stronghold in Utah where that, you know, trust me, Trump folks are not going to get him out of office. It's just these people who are in these districts where Trump folks that they need, they need that vote. You look at DeSantis, DeSantis, man, this guy, I mean, I personally think that in a general election, he's going to get smoked. I, I do. You know, I was concerned about how he would look, a younger guy against an older guy like, you know, President Biden. But some of the things that this guy is saying is just ridiculous, and they will come to light. And I think he's going to get smoked like a cheap cigar if he gets to the Republican primaries, which, by the way, they took a poll after Trump was indicted. He's up by more than 20 points against DeSantis right now. So I don't even think he's going to make it out of the, out of the GOP primaries. But they sell their souls to try to 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 appease a certain uh, voter group, Mr. Elias. And do you think it's going to work? Do you think the fact that they're trying to straddle the fence, because they don't want to say anything bad about Trump, because what they want is people to sit back and say, hmm, you know what? This guy didn't really say anything about Trump. I'm a Republican. I'm not, you know what? Trump has got a little bit too much baggage. I'm going to go with DeSantis because he's a younger version of Trump, and he's not bashing the former president, so I'm on his team. They, they want people to come to that conclusion. They don't want to say it out loud. They just want people to come to that conclusion. So they're going to keep kissing his tail. Why would you, if I'm running against you for public office, why the heck would I, I look, I want you to go to jail. It's an easier, it's an easier, it's an easier pathway for me. Right? I mean, I'm going to get in because you're gone. But Trump has raised money off this. And once again, because these people are freaking, I don't know what these people are that follow this guy to the end of the earth. I, I really think about this, man. Cult. It's a cult. It's a cult. Let's call it what it is. 
oh my god, I, I just can't understand how you can follow a person who bone porn stars while his wife was at home with a young baby. These are evangelicals that are supporting him. Mm-hmm. Bone the okay. porn star, right? While his wife was at home with their newborn kid. He's stolen money. He's lied about everything. Oh my God! And there, there are people who who's comparing him to Jesus Christ. Man, okay. And dude, they don't Just care. All, all they want to do is get what they want in office. That's all they they, they want to push their personal agenda. This is beyond that. I think. To push their, no, Jerome. Let me add, Jerome, Jerome, don't you think that this is beyond just getting Trump in office? These people who are, I just think they're gone. I think that if he sent a package of Kool-Aid to each of them and said, hey, go get a nice cold, tall glass of water and pour the contents in there and drink, I believe they do it. I just believe it's beyond that at this point. Remember the people, that, nope. the, the couple that died because he said something about drinking bleach and they went home and, oh, drink some bleach and see if it's going to get rid of I think it's beyond politics. Am I wrong, Jerome? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we underestimate the cult, the cult-like personality, personalities right. that we have in this country when it comes to um, oppression and when it comes to supremacy, right? Right. Like, there, there are folks who are like, and I don't know what good old days they are craving for, but some really? of this stuff has been going on since the Civil War. They've been like, fighting this invisible war, and they, 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 right? So you can go back and look and see the counter, you know, COINTELPRO was going against black folks, and we can see all of these conspiracies that's going against white, black folks. And white folks have this thing where they're like, it's going against us too in the opposite way, that we can't have our way to suppress you. We can't have our way to do what we want to us. That's what our freedom is, is oppressing you. So it seems a little convoluted, but it's real difficult to kind of actually get inside of the psyche of people who think like that. And we as a community, like I said, you know, and I say all the time, is that black folks need to actually look at this word a little differently. We already do, but in the words of Martin Luther King, when he said, I'm afraid that I'm going to be integrating us into a burning house and then it will require us to become firemen, I am not there yet. We are not firing them in the fixed white folks' psyche. They need to get help. And I said this a long time ago. I think that people need to get therapy from the time of eight, from about eight years old, because that is, is being bred in them. You know, Jeb Bush said that, that um, he, he said that the jury should be the voters, like they should let him off of the 30 counts, right? People don't understand mm. the grand jury process is not the DA of Manhattan. It is. 23 people. I mean, you get less in a regular jury trial. Those came back and indicted him. The reason that you use a grand jury is so that you, as a prosecutor, don't have to make the case for yourself, right? So if, if, a, if you shoot somebody and somebody witnesses it, they'll just, process, they'll just prosecute you, right? Like, they won't go, oh, we need a grand jury. They need a grand jury to sort do evidence to see if it's reasonable to even charge you. They already gave him a different layer of protection than everybody else. And they still, you know, Jeb Bush, whose daddy has an international date with the, um, with the International Criminal Court. 
They had a warrant out for him and Dick Cheney. I bet you both of those fools don't leave this country. And that warrant is still out there. While yeah. at the same time, we jump on Iran, we jump on all these other countries about, you know, crimes against their citizens. Nobody in this country gets held to account for none of that stuff. Right? And so we don't bat, even bat an eye on, on it while we point the finger at everybody else. So, again, the only thing I can say is that this is par for the course, like, with um, – we're dealing in this country that we don't like to face. You know, even the news programs, whether they're, would you want to call them liberal or whatever, none of those guys are liberal. Like, don't believe that about your news. They're just all saying we should be cautious. It can all fall out. Yep, you can get a jury of white folks, and they will not convict them. That is absolutely true. But when you see the evidence that comes out against them, you will just kind of wonder why won't they convict them. Because they just can't. They just don't want to believe it. I don't get it. Right? I, I, I really don't get it. I, I don't get how you can be so – I mean, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I, I'm try, I can't even find words to describe some of these people in this WS that will follow this man. Um, and, you know, it's like they don't have televisions. They have, it, is as if it is as if they don't have access to the Internet. Some of the things he's said about his own followers, um, I, I, I just don't understand it. And people like Ron DeSantis, who's saying, you know, and like you said, Jerome, I never heard of George Soros. I didn't know. I still haven't seen a picture of this dude. I don't even know what he looks right. like. You know, and, and the first time I even heard his name was during the 2008 a presidential campaign. That's the first time I heard his name. I'm like, who the heck is that? Oh, there's George Soros. I'm like, who is he? You know, and it's like, it's 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 this boogeyman. They create these boogie. It's a boogeyman. Yeah. You know, they ran around with pictures of President Obama in the Joker clown face and and the Hitler mustache. Oh, he's taking away your guns and all this other stuff. And these people bought that crap hook, line, and sinker. Well, guess what? This is the same president, and you've heard it before if you've been listening to the show long enough, who signed a bill that allowed people to carry weapons in federal uh, parks. So it's like they won't stop. They won't get off the agenda train and look at, okay, let me step off the train for a second because I'm riding hard and fast. I'm believing. I'm going where the train's going, right? Let me get off. Wait a minute. They said President Obama was going to take our guns. That was back in 2008. It's, it's 2023. We still have our weapons. I mean, it's just they won't stop and just take a look at the situation. They keep buying into this narrative of this nonsense. They're right. creating this environment, fellas, that they know that doesn't exist. And these people continue to follow this like... It's unprecedented, man. It's unprecedented what we're seeing here. Yes, there yeah. you go. That's the term I'm looking at. It's brainwashing. Thank you, sir. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I am amazed at this, man. I'm not. I'm yeah. just amazed. I'm not. Well, I don't know why. Why, well, why are you not amazed? Because it's happened throughout history where people have been brainwashed throughout history. So is, we're talking about over 75 million people voted for this fool. Okay. Well, After it wasn't, his four years like of this. Say that. Four, yeah. huh? Can I interrupt you for a second? I said I don't like yeah, sure. to say that. Because, because they're implying 
that the 75 million supported him, right? They weren't really supporting him more than they were going against somebody. He doesn't okay, have a following like that. That's why, Vote for Mickey that's Mouse. Why the deal... Say it again. Vote for Mickey Mouse. Put, write someone in. A lot of people wrote other folks in. Oh, you know. Again, we're talking about we're talking about the um, uh, a country that really has its hooked into supremacy. They don't want the Democrats to win because it's a bigger tent party. So you can make a boogeyman out of LGBT folks. You can make a boogeyman out of black folks. You can make a boogeyman out of any women's women's rights group, Planned Parenthood. Just pick something. There's a bigger selection to pick from for any reason not to like somebody that's different than you. Okay, okay let me ask you this question then. Let me ask you this question. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, you're right. They were voting against something. Okay, so explain to me, if you will, uh, how the hell is he up 20 points on Ron DeSantis, who's supposed to be the darling of the GOP? So these people are making conscious decisions, dude, to support this man. Because you're talking about a smaller pool of people, Right. So you're talking a really small conservative part of the GOP. How do you know that when they're polling them, they're not polling mm-hmm. um, primarily from Iowa or Montana? Maybe. You, you have to watch right. polling okay. right. because you can just take a really conservative area because those are the – I bet yeah. you they ain't calling no, no GOP people inside the cities. I guarantee yeah. that. So they're like, let's see what rural folks went because that's where the heartland is. They're messing mm. with conservative so no. the problem with Republicans is that there is this solid 35% of Republicans that yeah. are in that pool. And if you're only yeah. taken out of that pool, your numbers are going to be skewed crazy. And they need right. to turn some of those folks to get them out on a general election so that the, Dem- so that the Republicans can win. I am telling you, this, the, the beatdown that the Republicans are going to have in the next election is going to be epic. You think the last one was bad. Right, because the way okay. the uh, gerrymandering was uh, of just regular voting stuff, they yeah. should have naturally won big just because of the gerrymandering. They oh, they yeah. lost, right? Yeah. Um, this this really, you know, substantial amount of seats. And the next one, yeah. when there's a presidential election, they always go mm-hmm. very democratic because more people are voting. That's why they always are suppressing voting. Um, turnout and all of that other stuff. So you're gonna, I, I think you're gonna watch a bigger sweep than before, because the news always tries to make the minority, those rabid Republicans, the majority. They're always giving them a bigger voice. You're seeing their concerns on TV, whereas when it's somebody else who's not a minority, that is an actual minority, they give them a little bit of time, and then they act mm. like. You know, then they put them on the defensive. You know, we can we can go okay. back, but I would only have to do that with black people in particular. But they do that across the board when it comes to stuff that doesn't hit mainstream people who watch television news 24 hours a day. That's why, right. again, Fox News is not news. Don't watch it. There you go. Yeah, Mr. Elias, man, uh, 60 seconds, man. Anything you want to add before we get the break? Well, no, man. The bottom line is that, it, it, you know, they're going to follow Trump until the end of time. This guy, he, when he said I could sit out in the middle of uh, Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and they wouldn't believe, they wouldn't they wouldn't do anything to me, he was 100% right because they, he's a cult leader. These people are cultish, <laughs> man. 
Bottom wow. line. Bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Okay, just a, a suggestion from one of our listeners. They said, Jay, you ought to announce when you're going to go start grabbing comments. So, yeah, it's time. During this break, I'm going to grab comments. So, if you want to, you know, get in on some of you want to get in on the end of the show, state your case, by all means, go ahead right now and start putting your comments because I am grabbing comments for during the next two breaks. All right, 347-850-1272. It is a serious site. We will be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. What a uh, what a day. Just what a day and just what a time to be alive in America. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Online radio at its best. trying to call her call her call her couldn't get an answer and finally someone found her phone 
and they answered her phone, and they was like, we have not seen her, but all the um, living survivors, they were shipping them to Vicksburg. And so probably about 4 o'clock that morning, that's when we were notified that they did find her body. So. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. It's the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. This past uh, bad storms in the continental United States this past week, just killing so many people. But the massive destruct- destruction, the path that it left, is something that um, looks like something from a war movie. It's just, just ridiculous to, to see. And and it just really makes you appreciate the power of uh, Mother Nature as she begins to, every now and then she gets mad. And, you know, when she gets mad, boy, she tears things up. But here's the thing that uh, really, from my perspective, that has got me thinking is that this is a very, 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 very rural and poor community that they showed in the news this past week. We were looking at, uh, you know, black families who were affected by this, families who are already living below the poverty line. Now they have to deal with this. And in most cases, we know they probably didn't have any type of homeowner's insurance. Um, it's just a sad, sad state of affairs. And, you know, the first person that I thought of uh, when, when I saw this, uh, Mr. Elias, was Brett Farr, right? Mm. The fact that he stole money from that state to help build a volleyball facility for his daughter's college, it just makes me sick to my stomach because there are people in that state who are suffering, who will suffer, continue to suffer on uh, what's happening with, you know, what's happened with, with the weather. But just give me your thoughts on Brett Favre, man. Just give me your thoughts on, you know, what's going on down there in Mississippi, Alabama, and these places where that bad storm went through. You know, man, I I feel for the, the people of uh, Mississippi because, first and foremost, Jackson has to deal with the fact that their water is horrible. Their, their water is just like Clinton, Michigan. And, and, you know, the bottom line is, they, they're dealing with this stuff on a continuous basis, man, because of poor leadership. Let's call it what it is. The, gov- the governor of, of, of Mississippi, you know, know that Jackson's a heavily counted black town, so this is, how, this is how they treat us. This is what they do. They're not doing anything. I mean, we can send billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine. How about taking care of the black folks in this country right here where you can get them some clean drinking water? And I'm not talking about bottled water. I'm talking about cleaning that water system up. So, you know, that, 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 that's one thing that, that just really infuriates me. And the bottom line is that we need, to, we need better leadership in place, man, to, to take, care of, take care of people. And people, if you don't believe that voting, voting makes a difference, then, you, you know, look at Jackson and look at, look at Flint. Because this, this is what happened with poor leadership in place, where, they, where the government decided, how your drinking water is going to be, and it's affecting your community. Well, let me ask you something, Jerome, because I had a conversation with a diehard Brett Favre fan the other day. And when I brought up the fact that Mississippi, 
the fact that he took that money. So first of all, nobody voted uh, Brett Favre into, into power. Uh, uh, second of all, you know, the bottom line is, is that he didn't steal that money. I see you're right, because if you go back and look at the, the communications between him and government officials, he said that he didn't really want the word to get out about this. So oh, you're right. He's a moral guy. He's a stand-up guy. Bull dookie, bull dookie. But, but, but my question for you, man, is I don't know what's happening with that whole case. Uh, I know that uh, there have been some inquiries. I'm not sure if someone's been charged in it. But just the overall, first of all, when you look at these citizens who were affected by the storm, we're talking about poor brothers and sisters. Um, but here's what this guy brought up. Okay, this is where I was going. This guy brought up the fact that, you know, we should be looking at, well, look at what our president's done. He didn't fix what was going on in Jackson with the water. So why are we blaming, you know, why, you know, well, come on, look at what Biden has done or what he's not doing. I'm like, dude, I just, I had to cut the conversation off. But I guess where I'm going with this is how, because it's people like us, how fast do you think that we're going to get, you know, federal, how much help will the federal government provide for these people? Because when you look at the pictures, man, I mean, I saw one picture where there were two semi-trucks on top of this big old tree, and it's just nothing but it's, it looks like uh, it's been bombed, my brother. And I just, my heart hurts for those people. Your thoughts? Right. So I, I want people um, just even having a conversation, I think we need to understand the role of federal government, right? So if you look at Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, any state that's controlled by Republicans, just know this. The federal government gives you money, and it's administered by the state, right? So if you remember what happened in Katrina, is that not until the governor gave permission for federal to come in to bring in, you know, the national reserve folks, they couldn't even come in. So Katrina has stayed a little bit longer under duress and under stress because the governor of, um, even though the mayor, um, Ray Nagin, was like, send in some federal troops, like we get, we're hurting here. Federal cannot come in until the governor um, relinquishes something. They have to say that it's an emergency and we're going to allow you in here. So every time we have conversations about, oh, this person's president and they wouldn't help, the governor has to approve them coming into the state. That's pretty much how that works. And so regardless if it's a city that's asking for federal help, what they'll do is they'll give you a grant, release it to the state, and the state distributes the money. That's why we have all of these federal programs that are fully funded. Every time the Congress has done that and say, hey, we want to fund breakfast programs, and then in your state they're like, we're not going to do that. Oh, everybody can have Medicare, Medicare or Medicaid, and the states are like, we're not going to do that. They have to administer it. So the federal government only is responsible. That's why you can have things overturned at the federal level. The federal government can only come in at the point where it has to deal with interstate commerce, the federal highway system, health care apparently, once it's once it crossed state lines that the federal government has governance over and they can literally kind of dump money in. But for natural disasters, even with Chris Christie doing Obama, doing Hurricane Sandy, um, yeah. he had to, they had to say, hey, 
it's okay for the government to come in, and that's when they come in for the photo ops. Because right. now, when the president comes in, you don't want to make it look like you had like you had something to do with it. In Arizona, if you remember the famous picture of that woman trying to point at Obama, it was a photo op for her. But the federal government will not come in unless your governor gives them permission to help people on the ground. That's pretty much how that works. Yeah. Yeah, and, and see, and that's what I was saying. You know, it's like, you know what, guy, listen, don't don't give me this nonsense. That money that Brett Favre stole, he stole it, and as far as I'm concerned, his butt should go to jail. But this guy is such a Favre guy, this guy can do no wrong in his eyes. And I'm like, dude, stop it with this nonsense. Stop it with this right. nonsense. You know, it's just ridiculous. And so, you know, the help that they're going to get um, – you know, I mean, we're talking – there's a Republican governor of that state, right? And so that's right because this is the reason why Brett Favre got the money <laughs> because yeah. it's like he was talking to this guy and, and you know, we want to do this. So that – you know, money, millions of dollars. And here's the thing that people don't understand. I don't care, oh, it was just this, it was just a million. Stop it. Stop it. That money he got paid for speaking engagements that he never – he never spoke at any of these places. You know, and he commandeered and got that money. That money was taken from where from money, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah. And so, and you have these people living below, yeah, yeah, below the poverty line. And this guy, a rich NFL quarterback who made millions throughout his career, is taking money from poor people in the state. I, I'm just, man, I'm so put off by this whole thing. And now you see the destruction and, and, and the families that are affected, Mr. Elias. By, by, by these terrible storms, and, you know, and people need to understand something. Some of the catastrophic stuff that we're seeing, you can say what you want to say, but to me, this is a, this is, this is, how do I say this? If you don't believe in, 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 in the climate change, you just need to pay attention to what's going on right now. The storms are have the storms have more punch. They have more power. You know, you're seeing this stuff, man. Look at what's going on in California with just just snow. I mean, dude, if this is not evidence that global you know global change and and the climate change is not real, what is? What is it going to take for the American people to to understand? Not only the American people, because you know people act like America is the whole world. We're just a part of this world. I mean, we can only do so much. If other countries are not falling in line, then, you know, so be it. So so what is it going to take, Mr. Elias, for people to understand the importance of, of climate change, you know, the importance of recycling, the importance of all these things to save the earth? What will it take for people to get the message? Well, greed has a large part of the planet, Jay, if you, if you really want to know the truth. Greed. Greed has greed, yes. It is greed. Okay. It is greed. Okay. You won't shut down. You won't shut down the factory on Sunday. Why? <laughs> you know. You won't. I mean, when I came up, how many? When you came up and you growing up, how many things were open on the Sunday? Name me. Name me a lot of things that were open. Everything was closed on the Sunday because people value uh, family over everything else. Not you know even on Christmas. You know they yeah. on Christmas. Whoa, whoa. And What's closed yeah. on Sunday? Nothing. Chick Fil A. That's it. I know everything okay, open on Sunday. What are you talking about? Okay, when you were growing up, what was what, what was open on the Sunday? Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I missed the first part of what you were saying. Okay. 
when you were growing up, what was open on a Sunday? Nothing was open nope. on a Sunday. Not, not a whole you, lot. Yeah, not a whole lot. And now factories factories will not shut down. I live in a, I live in an industrial area, and you can see the pollution coming out through the smokestacks here. And guess what? They ain't, they're not going to shut down those factories on Sundays. They're going to keep working year-round, all, all year-round, so they can make the money. So what do they do? To, to get you to incentivize to work on a Sunday, they pay you even more to work on a Sunday. They'll, they'll increase your pay on a Sunday so that you'll come in. Greed, man. Greed is killing the country. And I keep telling you, greed is killing the country. And people, they, they don't listen. That, that, that's the bottom line. Thoughts and prayers. You know, sometimes that just sounds so hollow. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, you know, thoughts and prayers. That's not going to give these people a place to sleep. They were interviewing this young sister. She had some kids, and and she had enough money for a hotel room for 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 two days, and then a group put together and got her a hotel for a week. But what happens after that? It's just. You know, from a distance, it's always easy to say thoughts and prayers. But my goodness, man, these people are going to need help. And I just, you know, I just wish I just wish I was just a billionaire, man. I, you know, and here, maybe this is a topic for a different day, and it's, and it's probably too late in the segment to even bring this up. But I just don't understand. And maybe they do this, and we just don't know about it. But all these young. African American millionaires who are playing ball and stuff, they should have a group and say, you know what, this is our FEMA. You know, football employees make up a term using FEMA, whatever the case may be, and then mobilize. When something like this happens. Not just them. Well, I'm just, well, but yeah, but I'm saying that these are the guys that have they have the means. You know, you have you have Floyd Mayweather running around with a you know two hundred a two hundred thousand dollar watch on. Do you know what that'll do for so many families? And I'm not saying that he's not doing anything. You know, because we've had this conversation about Michael. I found that Michael Jordan is doing a lot. He's just not being publicized. So maybe they are, but it just seems to me that you should put together a group and say, okay, and LeBron should be the guy. Do it. Hey, let's go out. It's it's ten of us. We're gonna form this and when there's a disaster, we're gonna take care of our people. Let's go and take LeBron? care of our people. I think LeBron should, LeBron let me tell you something, man. I listen, I don't think he's the greatest basketball player of all time, but what he's doing on the humanity side, man, look, I stand up and I give him the clap. Not the clap, right. clap but you know what I mean. Yeah. The golf clap, because this guy but this guy is phenomenal. And and no even though some of this stuff, huh? I, I, that's why I was saying that about saying his name like he's not doing that. I'm like he's done some phenomenal stuff. But I, oh, of I course. Think your, yeah, I think to your point though, is that we should kind of look at it as, you know, and and I've I've been talking about this and working on something for the last couple of years, just kind of similar is that there needs to be a fund. And a friend of mine is working on something for black veterans as well, and I know she's been on this for a while. But we need to, like the Red Cross, like all of these other yeah. organizations, we can target things that are happening to black folks. White folks are not going to like to hear this. They're not going to, because all of the control sits on, um, you know, the Red Cross and, and FEMA and all those other guys that they are doing some stuff to us as a community that we don't trust. We can create our right. own. The problem is, um, like I said before, white folks are programmed to believe something when black people are helping themselves. Remember, it was J. Edgar Hoover said, we're not going to let a black messiah come up when the, when the yeah. black Panthers had a breakfast program for children. 
They're like, well, if they're yeah. feeding them, then they're, they're going to look at them as role models. Like, we yeah. have to take on that every time we do wellness for our own community. So it's always a misnomer when I would hear people say stuff like, why don't y'all do that for yourself? Because now you have to, like, over, you have to lawyer up. You have to have two accountants and an accountant to watch both yeah. of them. You have to do all these things because you're going to be yeah. under undue stress just for helping black people. But we should. You're right about yeah. that. I think that that shouldn't, be a, that shouldn't be a thing. But I think folks like Michael Jordan and Oprah and all of them, I think that they, they are not willing to do that because, and it's pretty much why they, I think they do white folks bidding generally, um, is that they want to go under the radar. Because when you help black people, you are not under the radar anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of from that perspective, but I agree, man. I think they should have something. We have too many African Americans in all three in all three major uh, sports. I mean, you can create something and really go out here and do it. And I'm pretty sure you can get the attorneys in place to make sure that well, you have the proper just, folks. It's not just sports. We have the wealth. We have doctors. No, I agree. Have, I agree. I agree. We have, no, 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 we I have a bunch of professions that can kind of contribute to it the problem yeah. is that nobody likes to take the scrutiny because no matter where what municipality that you're in your da your prosecutor your your police department your yeah. anything we know what happened with yeah. tulsa and rosewood and opelousas and beaumont we know all of those stories about white folks saying hey why are y'all living better yeah. and we know how sure. that goes so that's that is a part of the thing that we have to shake just to help our folks. But I, I agree with you. I have, you know, folks in Mississippi, too. Like, we, yeah. Mississippi, you have to understand, Mississippi is literally like Haiti, right? Yeah, so when is. you look at somebody like Haiti, you know, those free black folks in Haiti, no European nation is ever going to help them. They're draining their money and right. their resources. They're taking their natural resources. They're doing that. Mississippi has yeah. way too many black folks. And since yeah. since the uh, desegregation and civil rights and the Civil War, they had you know senators and congressmen coming out of Mississippi just because of the population. White folks have been oppressing black people and don't give a rat if they're poor. Since yeah. then, there's too yeah. many black folks. They don't want anybody coming out. <sighs> You're right about that, brother. It's it's a shame, man. It really is a shame. But so good ideas. You know, we try to provide. We try to do what we can here on the serious side. All right, we're gonna start. Take right. a break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be right back after the break. Online radio at its best.
Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. It is the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. I'm Jay Rouse, and of course, I never should have stayed for myself. Let's say good morning to the brothers who are in the house. Say good morning to the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spreeman. Good morning, sir. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm good, man. How are you? Just another day in paradise, no palm trees. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday? Oh, good morning, good morning, good morning to you and good morning, Nessa. Nessa was on the phone before she hung up. Uh, uh, what? Good morning, Kathleen. Why didn't you yes, bring her in? Because I was waiting to introduce her, but I never got a chance to. Good morning, Kathleen oh, wow. Good morning, uh, Marianne Music. Marianne Music, that first song was Cloud Surfing by Anna Moore, and the last song was by Incognito, Spellbound and Speechless. Uh, good morning, Rick Sister Tom. Good morning, uh, Real my brother Hawkins. Good morning, my brother Jones. You're wrong. Man, I don't know it's why the music is so loud, man. Mm-hmm. I well, know. then turn it down, Mr. Elias. Just grace the light. Louder and louder. Well, turn it down, then. If you want to spin it, right? turn it down. If you got a problem with it, turn it down. Clown? Like You're yelling. Just, we can hear you fine. You got control. Who? But you, you well, you have it, too, so stop clown. it. Stop it. Well, I, you do too. Stop well, it. Well, I, I, I'm sorry, fam. I'm sorry, folks. I, I've, had, I've had enough of this guy. I have had enough of him, folks. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that my professionalism just went out the door. Oh, my God. He gets on my nerves. When I say what's happening to the pastor, pastor, pray for us. Pray for Oh, pastor, see? I'm saying your name, and the guy's talking about ASS itching. Pastor, what's going on? How are you doing? Beautiful Sunday morning. <laughs> Want to say what's up to everybody out there? We're pressed against time, so I can't get it to get. Case say hi to everybody. We just need to get to this last topic because I really want to talk about it before we go. Online radio at its best. Joining us now for more on this tragedy, I want to introduce you to Avriana Patton, who's a former middle school teammate of the Nashville shooter. Avriana, first off, we are so sorry for everything that your community is going through. I know you're there in Nashville. Right, and so tell me from the beginning here, I mean, you received a message through social media from the shooter saying what? All right, she said, so basically that post I made on here about you, that was basically a suicide note. I'm planning to die today. This is not a joke. You'll probably hear about me on the news after I die. This is the last goodbye. I love you. See you again in another life, Audrey. And then it's more serious. 
And that's horrifying. And that message came to you at 9.57 in the morning. Is that right? Yes. And then you told your dad just a few minutes later? Mm-hmm. I screenshotted it to him. And then you called the suicide prevention hotline? Yes. Uh, they asked me was I the person that needed the assistance, and if not, they would need the person that needed the process or assistance to um, be on the phone, and then they suggested me to call the um, sheriff's department. So they, the point, they pointed you to the sheriff's department, which you also called them, right? Mm-hmm. Around yes. 10 14. The phone confirmed at uh, sheriff's office at 10 13 a.m. Wow. Uh, that young lady uh, was a sister that uh, the shooter reached out to prior to her going on her killing spree, killing three adults, three kids uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Just a sad story. Uh, chilling video of this person walking around. First, a video that showed uh, the assailant shooting out the glass doors to get into the building. Uh, once she got into the building, just kind of walking around looking for people to shoot. And... You know, one could say that this is a mental uh, health situation, which more than likely it probably is. Uh, But I want to take my hat off to the brave law enforcement officers who arrived on the scene. And, you know, and there's a black police police chief. They released this information immediately. No secrets or nothing. They got it out there quick, fast, in a hurry. And you saw how officers uh, went through the process of clearing a building and confronting the shooter and taking the shooter down, something that we did not see in the vault day. If you remember, they were on scene for hour, for, for more than an hour before they even attempted to go down and deal with the shooter. A bunch of cowards uh, in the great state of Texas. They want to talk about Texas is this and Texas is that, but Texas are also cowards. They did not go to the shooter, and these fine and brave officers did. I want to take a few minutes to talk about this because when you look at this young lady, um, one could read her text and say, my God, I feel sorry for her. You know, first of all, you shouldn't commit suicide. And if you are thinking or contemplating suicide, and if you can hear within the sound of my voice, you need to seek help. Reach out to the suicide prevention crisis line. Don't do it. It's not worth it. However, and I have to be careful how I say this, that she wanted to die that day. You can tell Jerome and her exchange with her friend, by the way, mm-hmm. think about this, too. She hadn't talked to that young lady since they were in middle school. So it's like they weren't really like friends' friends. They played middle school basketball. Why did she call this young sister? It's still no one knows, right? But mm-hmm. this person woke up saying they wanted to die that day. Those six other people did not wake up saying they wanted to die that day. So I don't right. even know. I think you know where I'm trying to go with this. I'm not going to say it out loud, but it's like I'm, I'm just not going to say it out loud because there's no way I can say it without it sounding harsh. But at the end of the day, man, what about this young sister who got this call? And think about this. She called the suicide prevention line, and the suicide prevention line pretty much told her, hey, if you're not the person that's in the crisis, then we can't help you. Called the local right. sheriff's department. She called the local sheriff's department, the non-emergency um, number, at ten thirteen. At that's the exact time that the officers were responding to this. The woman who contacted her was in the building shooting. 
So I don't know if I have right. a question or not. I'm just just interested in your thoughts on this, man. What, what what are you thinking when you when you heard about this and now this young sister, she's you know, man, she's messed up for life, pretty much. Right. So, uh, you know, and this is this is just me speculating, so I want to put that out there. But you know, when you're in crisis, you call the people who've been kind to you, right? And so that's sad that the person that she can find is this person in middle school. That she's like, you've always been good to me, whatever, and um, being that they're not a friend to you, but you never know how you affect anybody else, anyone's life. That's why That's as you walk. Point. That's a damn good point. Yes. That means that as you as you walk through life, you don't, you know, anybody, you can make anybody's day. And so you realize that even though you may not know that person or they may not be um, you know, friends of yours or something, you can be kind to people who you don't know because it does mean a lot to them, right? Because in their, their regular life that people are not being kind to them apparently. And um, But I, I always remember that. And so as you're walking through life, just remember it is not your fault that somebody went and did something like that even though you were kind to them. But it does hurt you. And it just shows that the people who do have compassion are the ones who usually kind of suffer for even their goodwill for helping somebody, and I, I mean, I really don't know what to say about that, but, um, you know, outside of that, for her calling, it does speak to the fact that when she called the suicide hotline and they blew her off or something like that, that's horrible, and she called the police and they blew her off, and again, I can tell from her voice that she was black, so I can't say that that didn't play a factor into the services that we get as black people anyway, right? When we call in and try even try to help ourselves, they're like, oh, you know, it's like having a, poli- a random policeman show up. You don't know who you're going to get. So, you know, for her to reach out to do that, she, it, the mortality or the, re- the reality that kicked in for her was how much she's at risk if she needed help. Because now she can't get help for somebody else. You know she can't get help for herself. So I do really feel bad for her. For being left with the, with you know having that on her mind, you know that's that's horrible. I I agree, I agree. I mean, you know, thinking if I could have, should have, would have. But still, yes, man, give me your thoughts on this. Look, man, you know, she 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 took the right procedures to to, to try and help a friend. But like like Jerome did say earlier, man, I had people, you know, when I retired, they tell me how much I meant to them, and I didn't even know it. So yeah. you never know by your kind words or whatever you've done for somebody what that can you know it, it, you know what 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 kind of effect it have on somebody's life. So you know I, I'll tell anybody, man, instead of you being an evil person and nasty to people, be kind to them because you never know you never know what that kind word or that kind gesture, either that positive word, could have an influence on somebody's life, man. And as far as the sister goes. My, my baby girl, you cannot, uh, you know, put yourself down for the actions of other people. You, you know, you, you were nice to her. You, you did everything that you could. And, you know, hey, man, we are all, if we were all true tellers, we'd all have, or force is, we'd all have a lot of remember and we'd all be rich. So, you, you know, you did everything you could, and you reached out to the police, and you, know, you did what you could. Yeah, I, I echo that. I mean, you know, the fact is, you know, I, just imagine, 
I just put myself in her shoes. Here I am sitting here, a grown man right now, someone I, you know, I hadn't seen in 20 years called me and said, hey, you know, I sent me a text, hey, man, I'm going to kill myself. Like, what? I mean, whoa. I mean, it's like when you don't, it's like, we deal with news and we deal with stories, so this is this is just a story for us. But just imagine imagine getting that phone call from someone who you haven't seen or heard from in years. Not cool, not tight. Y'all just you know, like you said, guys, uh, being very nice to her, you know, during the time where she was having issues. And it's like all of a sudden you get this call from a person that you don't know, and. <laughs> then it's like, whoa, it's like, is this real? I mean, what's going on? So like you guys said, I just feel for her, and uh, yeah. it's just crazy. Go ahead, Jerome. You have something you want to say real quick? I, I, I usually don't like to do personal stuff on uh, on the show, but I, I'll tell you a really quick story. I, I called, um, I had a mutual friend pass um, not too long ago, and I called his best friend. And talking to him just to make sure he was okay and see how I was doing, he said to me, I was wondering why you never was my friend kind of thing. And I knew he was kind of depressed over his best friend passing. And I began to literally kind of explain to him that people will look out for you behind your back without being in your, without being in your face, right? Mm-hmm. So being kind to people, you don't know how much they attach themselves to you and want you to be in their presence, you know, that's just good deeds that we do like i you know so i say that to say that you never know how you're affecting someone's life and i didn't really realize that i kind of figured it he was always cool people always liked him but while he was in his you know in a depressive state he's like why aren't good people around me constantly right when he loses his best friend he's just asking questions it wasn't no burden on me because i always i always liked him we are always cool people but when people require your presence or want you to be there, it's because you're a good person. It's not because you're bringing drama or any of the other stuff. And people, you have to remember right in real time that it costs you nothing to be kind to people. Mm. Right? Mm. I, you know, it's nothing. You know, power playing people is a weak thing. You need to prove something to yourself. But just kindness is just about being present. It wow. wasn't that you... You know, you're fixing somebody else's problems or anything. Just being present is more appreciated than most people can imagine. So I uh, won't give any more details of that story, but I just wanted to say that that happens in real time all the time, that you never yeah. know who you are affecting, so you need to be open your eyes and be present. Wow. Good stuff, Jerome. Good stuff. And on that note... Online radio at its best. All right, folks, uh, we are, man, we're way, 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 way over. Uh, it's time for our final thoughts. Uh, fellas, I'm going to ask that we uh, take this opportunity to read comments from, you have anything from the chat room, Mr. Ellis? I know I do have a few, and I want to make sure that yeah. people are heard. Go ahead, man. Let's use this time to read, read those, and, you know, we'll give okay. final thoughts. I guess. Corvina Man said the same group of people who were chanting lock her up for over six years are now enraged about this guy being locked up. <laughs> right. Huh. 
Look at that guy. I love it. All right, let me read the few that we have because we have 90 seconds left. Uh, Pastor Steve says, Peace and Blessings family. Jay, you are a funny man. One of my favorite Edwin Hawkins songs. You guys are awesome. Keep doing what y'all do. God bless. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, let's see here. Walter, little Walter <laughs> from Chicago. Hall of Nights, Jay. LOL, one of my favorite movies. What is he talking Oh, the orange juice. All right. Logan, uh, one more. Yeah, yeah, Logan, one more. Uh, from Houston, Texas. He said, this is some cult-like, uh, ex- a bad word, uh, cult-like shiza. Uh, people are, uh, people are weak-minded and will follow their dear leader over the cliff. You're absolutely correct about that. All right, Mr. Elias, man, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, man, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always. And for my main man, Mr. Jerome Spree from Mr. LES, I'm Jay Rouse. Have a wonderful week. And remember, if it is Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Uh, only needs to know basis is coming up right now. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a. Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, it is time for facts, fun, and shenanigans. <laughs> With my folks, my favorite fellas. I tell you, I love these guys, man. It's time for an only need to know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Spree. Man, what's going on, brother? What is man, what's what you? What calling, is happening today? Well, first of all, why are you calling news shenanigans? I just want to say that. For no, a I said no, no, I said <laughs> fun. I said facts. Well, because listen, man, your world. I got you, listen, Jerome. Would you agree with this? Would you agree that when you sit down, and this actually came from one of your listeners, when you listen mm-hmm. to this segment, this part, listen, listen to your show, it's like mm-hmm. your brother sitting in, you know, sitting down in the barbershop having great conversations, backfield conversations, but with a little bit of humor. Would you mm-hmm. would you disagree with that assessment or no? Well, it's because we all have humor, right? So we have to enjoy right? our day like everybody else, and some of the stuff is funny. You know what I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna do next week? I actually yes. um a research department came up with some unconfirmed black history. So I'm gonna do oh, that. Okay next. now, okay. Yeah, I'm in for that now. Come on now. I've been missing that. <laughs> I've been missing that one. What about that? I was like, you know what? We have not done unconfirmed black history. We're gonna have to do some unconfirmed black history, uh <laughs> next week. But before we oh, go, that. I want you to give us your final thoughts from your show. I want to start our show off with that. Just give us some final thoughts of what some of the things that well, we talked about. Trump, well, um, well I, I, I think, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead, Joel. No, no, I was just saying from all of the things, whether it's, whether it's talking about Trump, whether it's talking about, you know, um, some of our, you know, the, the shooting, the school shootings, just give me your final thoughts on all of that stuff. But real quick, uh, you know, once again, I don't understand why people follow this guy who don't like him. He cares about himself. He's shown who he is. And like Mario Angelou said, you know, bottom line is, is that this guy cares about Trump. 
he doesn't really give a damn about his family. He'd throw them under the bus if he had the opportunity to. I just think it's a weird situation for me. As far as the people in Mississippi, you know, once again, I hope Brett Favre was taken to jail because that money that he put in his pockets and, and put this brand-new volleyball stadium in this college, you know, there are people down there hurting. And I just, my heart hurts when I look at it. There was one man that they were talking to. He was going through his mother's house, which was just in shambles. He talked to her. Then all of a sudden, they couldn't find her. They were calling her cell phone. Someone found her cell phone. Think about this. Answered it and said, we don't know who that is. We just found this phone laying in a pile of of debris. They got there. They found her body, got to her house, found her work badge. Just a sad, sad situation. So my prayers goes out to those people. And, you know, one last thing, folks, just make sure that no matter what you do in life, and I want to just piggyback on what my brothers said earlier in the other show. Bottom line is, you never know what type of impact you're going to have on a person. And like Jerome said, this will cost you a damn thing to be nice. So that's it, man. I appreciate the opportunity to say it, Jerome. And uh, you brothers yes, have sir. a great, 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 great show. All right. All right. And All right. We'll see you next week. All right, Elias, I want you to give us your final thoughts, just generally on all of that stuff. Look, man, my final thoughts are this, man. I think Brett Favre is a despicable human being, man. Anytime you take money from poor people to 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 suffice your own goals, and um, you know you're a rich person that you could have took the money out of your own pocket and paid for it, and and right. and, and made it an endowment for a college, you are a despicable human being, man. You know, so. Right. My thought process is he's he's been a racist piece of crap his whole entire career. So look, I, I have no love for that man whatsoever. I think he's a piece of crap. That's it. That's all I would have to say about it, man. Man, man. Yeah, I I have um I don't really have too much to say about that. I think that from my perspective, you can. A blind man can see how narcissistic and crazy Trump was. Just all the mm-hmm. stuff that he's legal. And the problem with me is that I don't understand why it 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 takes someone to speak really plain English for them to see it. <laughs> right? Like you know, like watching a Trump supporter on a on the um or or just a regular Republican supporter on T V say I don't know why they're prosecuting him. Like, you don't mm-hmm. know all the laws that he's broken by now? Like, did you not read the Mueller report? Like, that's, that's years. And they're like, oh, they're, they're just, um, you know. It's a witch make, hunt. It's a witch uh, hunt. Yeah. Yeah, just because he said that. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the funny thing for me, um, the funny thing for me is that's watching this stuff to say, I think people are in denial for the same reason that they don't want people to tell the truth generally about history, right? One of the one of the reasons why I do news anyway, um, or or I take the the angle from producing news is to say all of these things are going on and nobody is paying attention. It is the yeah. premise of doing doing news anyway, and and knowing. That I, I used to get a lot of um, a lot of comments internet wise saying stuff like, you know, oh I didn't hear this on uh, on the news or where'd you get this from? Like it's <laughs> like you I'm making this stuff up, right? <laughs> it, and to not know that you're being brainwashed by the people who are just editing the news for you. They're editing. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to the same places, 
They're just choosing mm-hmm. different stories. So mm-hmm. you have to look at life a little bit differently. And so Trump people are watching, you know, Fox, which is not news, and they're not even watching Fox. They're being sued, and in court they're saying, oh, we're not a news. We're, that's just our opinion. <laughs> we're not responsible. We, that's not our job. We're entertainers. They're saying mm-hmm. that stuff in court. But since Fox News is not, or since Fox is not reporting what's going on in court, then you get to ignore it. They're telling mm. you that they're not news. They're entertaining. Right. Right. They're literally Saturday Night Live on the, on the <laughs> Republican side. <laughs> they're they're telling you. Yes. Yep. They're like a conservative Saturday Night Live is how you can look mm. at uh, you know Tucker Carlson and because they don't want to go to jail. Right. So, you know, the serious side of Trump is Trump don't want to go to jail. So mm-hmm. he thinks because he's president that he won't be, you know, that he won't go. But I'm sure they can secure him someplace if he really showed his butt. Like, they will yeah. be like, we have federal prisons that are <laughs> not just country clubs, but will isolate your butt and, like, hmm. solitary. So if you don't want wow. nobody around and they need to protect you, they can, there's a, quite a few federal facilities like, you know, one inmate per cell. They're isolated. They go up, you know, exercise by themselves. They don't have any contact with anybody else. You won't have mm. to do, you know, general duty and mess with other inmates, but you will still go to jail. Mm. You know, so that's wow. how they will protect you. Now, mm. you know, uh, so on that note, I'll, I'll go because there, there is some stuff that we need we need to talk about. And, um, you know, first, matter of fact, I'll start with the sensational. Have you ever heard of this guy, Andrew Tate? No. The guy who, okay. You know what? We're going to talk about him one day. I, I, but Andrew Tate is this guy who is kind of an Internet sensation. He's a millionaire. He's a um, U.S.-born um, British citizen. He's his father's black, his mother's white. This is important in the bigger picture. Um, he is being been charged with conspiracy for whatever. Uh, um, I don't know what it is, but well, I do. But I'm downplaying it because he just got released to home confinement because in Romania they keep extending his four month sentence or something like that just to hold him. But what's, what's going on is that um, the news story is just that he has been released um, through appeal, appeal for home um, for home confinement. Now, he's a multimillionaire. He was a professional um, kickboxing, um, kick, kickboxing professional. Like, he's, you know. So, anyway, we'll, we're going to talk. I'll, we'll talk about that in depth when I get to the news story. But it is, it is weird that... Um, that the issue that people have with him is that he's talking about feminism in a way that people don't want to hear it, right? Okay. And you and I are going to talk about this a little bit later in the show. We we need to let them get through some news first before I start going off on that. But anyway, okay. um, we'll talk about it. Andrew Tate is the guy who we're going to bring up a little bit later. All right, so okay. mortgage rates fell again um, to 6.32 uh, um, as home sales are, you know, rising unexpectedly. So the signs of life in the housing market, you know, as the spring season get, gets underway, they see hope in that. So mortgage buyer Freddie Mac said on Thursday 
that the average rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage fell the third straight week to um, 6.32%. Um, that's 10 points from a week ago. So even though we think it's going to be a bad time, mortgage rates are still um, are still going down. Now, the earth is on the brink of a global water crisis. They're saying 2 billion people still lack access to safe, safe drinking water, and urgent action is needed. That's what experts are saying. So 2 billion people lack access to drinking water, while almost half the population of 46% do not have access to safely managed sanitation. That's according mm. to UNESCO, the UN um, group. Mm. Yeah, in the water crisis. All right. Now, the Biden administration has proposed a new new banking measures on Thursday. It says um, can be done without the help of Congress, and we will reverse some of the regulatory rollback made during the Trump era. Now, I said this, I think, well, was last week's show or before then, when we started talking about these banking crises, that this was a direct result of some of the things that Trump did. Mm-hmm. They rolled back and the bank started gambling again. <laughs> Obama did that, right? Like, so after George Bush, when they were gambling and we had mortgage crisis and stuff, they put these measures in to make sure it wouldn't happen again. And when Obama leaves, Trump and them take it away. And now we're back mm-hmm. in crisis. That is this country. We're, we're doing well. People take it for granted. We don't need mm-hmm. it. And then we're back in crisis. Right? It's like somebody who gets out of debt. And like, okay, I'm out of debt now. I can, keep, I can go spending wild. Right. Let me get this you new can't. credit card. Right. Free right. approved. You can't do that. Mm-mm. Yep. Yep. It's like, how were you? How were you living before you had credit? Right. Right. You've been living with bad credit for a while. Now that your credit's good, you don't have to go take that for a ride. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. Just be like, all right. That's how I've been living. I can keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I know um, for people who are you know, read the Bible and you hear these stories about people living, you know, a hundred years, a couple hundred years. You know, there's a new – scientists are predicting that humans alive now can reach the age of 140. Mm. They're saying we are really? nowhere near our maximum lifespan. You know, your body is made to last probably at least about 160 years. It's just our food is killing us, right? Like, so our yes. habits are making our bodies break down. Yes. So, yeah, many experts have long suspected that the human lifespan has hit its limit, right? But uh, no one likely to suppress the, the record of this woman. Uh, I think it's Jean-Anne Clement. Um, She's a chain-smoking woman from France. She died at 122. Really? She's a bad thing. Yeah, but now they're like, no, there's a way. It's, now, this scares me to, to some degree, too, right? Like, I'm not saying that any of us want to die, but I'm thinking if Strong Thurman's ass is still alive, he would just die. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, there's yeah. some folks that we need to step out of the way, and if they do not step out of the way, there will be no progression. Mm-mm. So, you know, it's. It's kind of like um, it's it's kind of like you know realities that hurt your head, right? Like hmm. so, like for example, if we look at the ancient Egyptians, right? These guys built the pyramids and all this other stuff, right? 
and the Egyptians there now, we keep saying those are not the original Egyptians because a couple no. of reasons why we know is that you've had no significant discoveries in 4,000 years. <laughs> like, what happened to those people who built that? Really? Really? Apparently, y'all not that doggone advanced, so it wasn't y'all. Like, just, mm-hmm. just let that roll around the head for a little bit. <laughs> so it's, it's weird, like, that, you know, some people, like, just to oppress other folks will act as if, you know, oh, you can't do this, you can't live that long, you can't do this, and it creates stress. We're not mm-hmm. living long because we have so much stress in our lives and other things, and our food is contributing to it. Other things mm-hmm. are actually weighing on us, and it's making our bodies break down very differently than people did mm-hmm. a long time ago. So, I, you know. I, I, I contribute to food, man, because if you look at the food that has been banned in different countries as, as, as to here, man, that mm-hmm. stuff is crazy. It is crazy. You yeah. know, you got stuff that's banned in other countries, but it's legal here. Because they, they want that. It's about it's green, fundamental man. stuff, too. Like, yeah. it's like, you know, Campbell's soup kind of stuff. Like, I, yeah. I think I read that on one of the shows. Like, Campbell's was banned in, in and I because I don't know what they put in their soup, that they got banned from, um, mm-hmm. from another country with. But mm-hmm. just, you know, cakes and cookies and ingredients that they're using for for um I mean I don't even eat rich crackers anymore. And I used to often yeah. love those peanut butter yeah. crackers. They're banned yeah. in in other countries. And so I stopped eating them. I don't know why. I haven't mm-hmm. done any research. I'm not I didn't go and well, you know they they said it's got cancer causing agents in it that 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 and then they said it's it's like rat poisoning that's in that the same same ingredients they use in rat poison. They're, they're right, and, and then the rich crackers. And I'm thinking to myself, right. wow. And so I'm saying, why don't you just take it out? It's what I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Right. That's like, it's like the place like that makes it taste better. Yeah. yeah, I guess. I looked at the commercial with the lady who had a McDonald's hamburger that was 24 years old and fries. 24 <laughs> years old, and it never decayed. It right. never decayed. So, I, hey, man, McDonald's does not go inside my body, brother. I'm sorry, I can't do yeah. it. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah, nope. I'm ashamed to say I did have McDonald's like probably a couple <laughs> months ago. But, but here's the thing: I I was just explaining this to someone, a good friend of mine who's probably listening. Hey, Amy in Atlanta, how you doing? But she 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 cooks vegan stuff. She's very 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 good cook. And I said to her, I eat fast food sometimes to let my body be. Um, acclimated to it because how your body mm-hmm. works is that if it doesn't have toxins in it then technically you're going to get sick like you cannot stop eating hot dogs for example and then eat a hot dog you'll get like ill from it so just so that when i'm traveling and can't find stuff to eat i will eat something every now and then so that my body doesn't reject it too much but that which is still sad because your body shouldn't be rejecting <laughs> it if it was actual food mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's technically not food I won't tell right. you what we call it now, but it's not food. <laughs> so, it's something else. All right. Yeah. Now, a, a man who is on trial for memes, like he made some memes during Hillary Clinton, um, the campaign um, in 2016. Um, the jury, um, jurors determined on Friday, this past Friday, that um, this guy is guilty, this guy Douglas Mackey, because he deliberately – sent out memes and stuff and tried to get people to text their vote, saying that they can vote through texting 
and all this other stuff. Wow. Hillary Clinton supporters, and um, they, they just convicted him. Wasn't that, wasn't that in Michigan? Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, yeah, I saw that one. Yes. Yep. The conspiracy against um, rights charge has a maximum of a ten-year prison sen- sentence, and um, rested only on proving intent uh, and not successfully keeping. Um, voters away from election day so even if it didn't work he intended he tried to keep them away by saying oh mm-hmm. don't vote on Tuesday you can vote on Wednesday or you can send mm-hmm. your text vote to me mm-hmm. so that dude, see how long it took for this to happen yeah. for him to get prosecuted Trump that's 2016 all the stuff that he yeah. did with the Russians the Russians helped help Trump win in case people are forgetting history is that mm-hmm. the, the Hillary Clinton emails that were um, that were stolen were Russians who actually got in and they leaked that stuff. And then James Comey, the FBI director, came out and said that we're investigating. That happened during an election cycle that probably swayed some votes. And Trump mm. was all aboard saying that, Russia, if you're listening, if you remember that, he, yeah. um, those guys, that conspiracy to commit fraud for that election was not just this guy. But there were other people who were putting out bad information and misdirecting people, and he won by the slimmest of margins. The slimmest of margins. And so people really yep. think that he win now like he's popular. He won by the yeah. – he had to keep getting that one. Yeah. You know, so that's a, that's, a, that's an interesting way to go about, like, looking at Trump as an actual candidate. So the Republicans, I think they know deep down, if they nominate Trump, they're going to lose pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So no matter how much they love Trump, I don't think that anybody's trying to hear him no more. Um, right. Now, a Minnesota federal judge has found the state requirements that permit to carry applications um, be 21 or older unconstitutional. I don't know hmm. how this works, but... They cited the 2020 U.S. Supreme Court decision, which struck down a uh, stringent permit pro- you know, process in New York, right? They, they wanted your social media and some other things in New York, and the Supreme Court said you can't do that. You can't use other factors than they're um, a menace somehow or dangerous. You can't just say, oh, he said this, so we can't give him a permit. So U.S. District Judge Kathleen Mendez, who was appointed by Biden in 2021 after a five-year tenure as a magistrate on that same court, granted partial um, summary judgment on Friday to a group of three 18- to 20-year-olds who filed a suit um, to overturn Minnesota's 21-or-older rule to carry permits earlier that year. year. Yeah. They were joined by the members of the Guns Right Organization. Um, the, the, uh, a couple of them argued that Minnesota's permitting re- permit requirements, um, along with age requirements, deprived them of their Second Amendment rights to carry handguns. You know there's no Second Amendment right to carry a handgun, right? Right. It's the bare arms. Yeah. It's the bare arms. I like how they yeah. do stuff. It's, it's, yeah. it's almost like what I hear a white person say, Y'all just being woke. It's like you yeah. don't even know what woke means. Really? Right? You don't. Yeah. So <laughs> DeSantis is made into into something that he and oh yeah, and it's just Florida. You know, get out of here. You, you suck yeah. anyway. 
like some kind of racist slur now. But mm-hmm. when black people created the term being woke, well, I'm not going to even tell you what it is. If you don't know, stop saying it. Right? right? Like, it's crazy <laughs> that terms get turned around and mean something else. But, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, so the judge agreed um, as the age, requ- uh, you know, age requirement, but she left the more general permit process in place. So she's saying that, um, and I, I, I get this argument. If you can get drafted, you should be able to smoke a cigarette. If you, right. you know what I mean? Like, I didn't understand right. when you're 18, you can, you're held accountable as an adult, but you can't do what adults do. That's right. weird, like 18 yeah. to 21. But I can understand the lawsuit from that perspective. But, you know, you don't have a right to carry a handgun. You have the right to be armed. So get a shotgun. Like, whatever. But right. I'm just saying, you don't need a permit for that. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. I'm not telling anybody to get a shotgun. Well, actually, I am. Go ahead and do what you do. <laughs> you got to protect yourself somehow, I guess. All right. Yeah. I know. Let's get Jay in trouble. Send your comments to comments. <laughs> like this, we don't really care. All right. So, fentanyl is the single greatest challenge the U.S. faces as a country. That's according to the Department of Homeland Security Secretary. With that drug, fentanyl, wiping out 75,000 Americans a year mm. die of fentanyl overdoses. Well, wow. I don't know if it's overdose, but from fentanyl. Um, so that's what he said in a, in a Senate hearing on Wednesday. He pointed out the deaths of more than 70,000 Americans in 2001 due to fentanyl overdoses. Yeah. So specifically, it was the overdoses. Mm. So in a related wow. story, the FDA a- approved nasal spray to treat fentanyl and overdose uh, and opioid overdoses hmm. and they're happening for you know they're they're gonna they're approving it for over-the-counter use meaning that it can be sold in vending machines and big box stores narcan really? yep it's that nasal spray that rapidly re- reverses opiate opioid overdoses um can now be sold over the counter without a prescription that's according to the fda hmm. Okay, so this makes me think. Uh, okay, so here's where Jay said that we um, are laughing at some of these stories. But seriously, is there uh, uh, something to reverse um, crack? Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that popped in my head, but I'm like, yeah, you should have been able to have some crack. You know, just reverse some crack medicine in there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What did you say? No. Yep. When yeah. When somebody's nodding off, or they say that they're hungry, you can give them that that crack um, reversal, whatever, and they just need to wake them right up. I'm just gonna put it out. Not until fentanyl and stuff hit white folks, then now it's a freaking crisis. Yeah. But anything that happens to other communities, they're like, oh, you know, we should just we should no. lock them up. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah, look, just say no. Yeah, that's what yeah. they that's what they give us. Just say no. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, Open AI revealed on Friday that a bug um, caused that Chat GPT to show personal data of some of its users, including their first, last name, email address, and credit card mm. details. The mm. AI stuff is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Which leads us to our next story. Elon Musk, who I would not take uh, really any sound advice from, but Elon Musk said. That it's dangerous. It's a dangerous race that no one can predict or control. So Apple co-founder Steve um, 
Wanowski. Uh, uh, I can't think of his last name, but Apple's the Apple's co co founder. Oh, the guy who owns the um, the Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. He mm-hmm. and a hundred, a thousand other tech leaders call for a pause at AI development, which poses a profound risk to society and humanity. Hmm. So they all signed a letter calling for an independent oversight um, of the race of to advance AI and pleading with global tech users to stop rushing to develop it. Now, yeah. I think... You hear what Neil deGrasse Tyson said about it, though? <laughs> yes, I was just thinking that. Mm-hmm. What did he say? Yeah, he, Do you remember? He said, he said that, hey, let them let let keep developing it. He said it could be helpful for us. He said, well, we can still can control it. He said, why are, we, why are we in such a rush to get rid of it? If it's something that's going to hurt their pockets, I was like, ooh. I like it. Well, well, here's what I think about it because when um, Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about, we shouldn't be rushing to get aliens here. Mm-hmm. Like we keep sending out these messages, but if a, if a higher conscious race species come here, they will figure out how violent and foul you are, and they will pretty much say you need to be extinct, mm-hmm. right? Because you're fighting too much. You're always threatening to blow up the planet with nuclear weapons. You're half mm-hmm. feeding one population and then poisoning the other. Like, what mm-hmm. kind of efficiency is that? Your humanity sucks. So if you develop this AI software and you're programming it for fairness, for example, then the, the AI is going to be like, I'm smarter than y'all, and y'all dumb. Mm-hmm. So you can't have AI control of everything because AI might just lock all of you up. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so I'm, I know why the rich people are like, you don't have control over AA like you think you do because once you make it start thinking for itself, it may <laughs> honestly feel like you are not even good enough to be here. You are killing humanity. <laughs> right? So <laughs> to even understand that when people like Bill Gates and those guys talk about we have too many people on the planet we can't feed them, it's because the people who are feeding you want to control the output in what you're eating. Mm-hmm. So that's why we Seedless watermelon. It's not the convenience of you not swallowing a watermelon. It's so that now yeah. you can't even grow roll a watermelon in your own house. Mm-mm. Right? Nope. Don't buy into the seedless stuff. So, you know, you have to buy your seeds from them. And, you know, you had the thing where these chickens were dying and not producing eggs and the egg shortage. And I think one farmer changed their feed and the, mm. the chickens start laying eggs again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so m- people who are in control want to keep making money off of you. So they will mm-hmm. poison the rest of the land and say, hey, get your food from me. Right. Right. Because that's, why, that's why Bill Gates is buying up a bunch of farm farmland yep. all over. He's buying it up. Yep. People don't I realize think he owns the most land. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which he's is crazy. Which is crazy. He's, yeah. He's buying it all up. And I'm thinking to myself, why is this? Why is this rich clown buying a farmland? Well, it, 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 it's apparent why he's buying it up. Because he's, he's and, and tried to the, uh, the, the, the feed and the weed and all that other stuff, and he's going he's gonna to do something, and he's going to do something messed up. Because you gotta, you got to realize rich folks don't, don't spend money on what to waste it. They're going to they gonna make sure they're going to make some money off of it. Right, right. But then, you, again, you have, you know, ConAgra and all of those guys, the big ag ag firms, agriculture firms that are 
controlling everything too. Now, why are they poisoning you? Heck, if I know. But they, some of them are genetically modifying seeds. I, mm-hmm. I can't remember which one it was in particular. Monsanto. Monsanto. Yes. Right. And I and I just looked at that story and I wasn't going to do that. But Monsanto and um, who was the other one? Because um, they own Roundup, right? The weed mm-hmm. and stuff. They right. just settled another case of mm-hmm. uh, forty-five million dollars because mm-hmm. they knew what it was doing. It was um, yeah. dangerous and was going to kill you, or, yeah. or they knew what the harms of what they were putting out, and they still did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in speaking of that, our next story, a small town in Minnesota, home of around fourteen thousand five hundred people, has experienced two major radioactive water leaks from this nearby wow. um, nuclear power plant, months apart. So Exxon mm. Energy spilled 400,000 gallons of a toxic material in November, and the public was just made aware of it last month. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and we're only two days into this month, so last month was like yesterday. <laughs> right? Mm. They just told them. So imagine, in November, it was in your water. So December, mm. making Thanksgiving and, you know, New Year's Eve, you're cooking food and stuff, probably water from that river. Mm, mm, mm. Yep. Wow. So, uh, yep, it's the second leak um, of hundreds of gallons. Like they had a, oh, sorry. So they had a leak in November, and they had one last week. So this was the second one. And now you're just finding out about the first one about a couple of months ago. So at the time of the most recent accident, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency found that at least 230 fish had died in that river adjacent to the plant. So the agency and the company claimed that the fish was killed was not caused by um, titanium, is what it's called, a radioactive isotope. It wasn't killed by that, but it was due to the change in water temperature because mm. the water was warm. So the plant <laughs> temporary, temporarily closed on Saturday to fix the, the latest leak and to stop pumping warm water into the river that dramatically changed the temperature that killed the fish. Mm. Now get this. So, a bunch of bullocking in me, man. Wait, so the, the, the trick of this story is understanding that the fish eating the radioactive, you know, waste is not a problem because you're going to go fishing and eat the fish. It was probably because the water was warm, which means mm-hmm. the fish are still living radioactive weight with radioactive waste in them. <laughs> so, so they said, no, 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 it was the warm water that killed them. It's like, yeah, so keep eating fish. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you didn't say anything about the radioactive waste that's in the, in the fish now. Mm-hmm. All right, right. Wow. Remember. Doing the, um, I mean, we were not alive at the time, but doing the the Red Scare stuff that they used to have those capsules to um, to treat when you get radiation. Mm. Remember they used to have that, I think, and um, that was never over the counter, but I think people, when they had bunkers and stuff, they had those tablets in case it was radiation. I think they need to put those back on the market. Yeah, you're probably right about that. <laughs> yeah. So when you have, if there's radioactive poisoning and 
you know, little chemtrails and stuff. You can be like, hey, we need to flush these metals up out of our body. Um, mm. They need to put that out there. But wow. I guarantee you put, it out, you put it out there, some big company, Bayer Pharmaceutical or somebody will buy them, and then you can't trust them anymore. So, yeah, like, like, that's, that's what usually happens, too. Yep. Mm. yep. All of our food is pretty much processed by, I don't know, about 14 companies. They yep. buy every new company that mm-hmm. comes out. It's like, hey, we have plant-based. And now it's like, oh, yeah, Burger King has plant-based, too. It's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. okay. Nah. Right? Like, yeah. you, here's how, here's where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um now, in a new ruling, um, you know, Americans may have to pay for their own colonoscopies, uh, colonoscopies, mammograms, and um, preventative screenings, if they, even if they have health insurance. So a U.S. District Judge, Reed O'Connor, wow. who was appointed to the bench by, in 2007, President George W. Bush, ruled on Thursday that the Affordable Health Care Act, the ACA, rule requiring insurers to um, cover screenings was unconstitutional. How huh? is that unconstitutional? They really? said that Obamacare rule that forced private health agency, uh, private health insurers to cover screenings since March 2010 <laughs> is unconstitutional. Wow. So now, if you don't, if you can't afford it, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't die. It, it's like they're setting up stuff for us to die, man. That's, right. that's all it is to me. We're, we're in Europe. We're in Europe. They do preventative care, mm-hmm. right? They literally say, listen, don't eat um, dye number, yellow number, whatever. Don't eat this as preventative care. So they say you can't sell it so that it doesn't make people sick. They do preventative mm-hmm. care in other countries. In this country, they're like, hey, you can eat all you want to. You just better have health care yeah. later to mm-hmm. fix it. Yeah. So that, this is the same judge, though, who who struck down the um, the health care law in 2017 that was overru- that was reversed by the mm. Supreme Court. He's the same person. Mm. So I don't mean? think this is going to stand, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No. All right. So I, I'm not I'm not calling you. I'm not going to be Jay today. But Ford patented a system that sends out drones to jumpstart your dead car batteries. I know you were looking at getting a Ford. <laughs> so they said that uh, uh, if you have a uh, UAV, um, it, those things will even lift the hood. So they're going to send out a fleet of drones that can come to the rescue if your car is stranded <laughs> on the side of the road. Ford wow. Just that. I wonder how mm. it's going to hook up your. If it can act, literally pop your hood, mm. I guess it's a drone, so scary. I guess it can have the camera. It'll know what your battery mm. looks like. But yeah, they said their new patent describes drones with electrical conductors uh, <laughs> that power dead batteries. Wow. That's a little scary for me, man. Yeah. And then I'm just looking at I just saw, I ordered mine and I put money down on this sucker, so. I don't know how mm-hmm. this is going to work for me, but they they said that they're raising the price on that that that, that electric truck, and I'm thinking to myself, you raise the price, I don't need it. <laughs> right. I've already I've already put my money down, and right. I'm I mean, locked you're locked. Into, in. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're locked in. Okay. Once you put money down, it's locked. It's fixed for you. But for other yeah. people who come late, they're gonna you know throw another five grand on those things probably. 
Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yep. Now, they're saying twice as many Chinese illegal immigrants has crossed into the, U- uni- into the U.S. <laughs> border in 2023 just after three months as mm. all in 2022. In three months, mm. they had more illegal Chinese immigrants here than they did all of last year. So so this year they're saying 4,293 Chinese immigrants have been apprehended at the border, according to Customs and Border Protection um, data. That's more than double of the 1987 number of 2022. What's up with that? Really, why are they trying to get into America? (laughs) Right. Now, okay, so here here would be a good conspiracy for you, um, that – they're banning everything that's Chinese, but the Chinese people are coming here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something to make something else to make your head hurt for the day. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like, like you know what's interesting? As much as they're banning TikTok and all, trying to ban all of those apps in that new bill, that TikTok is paying revenue to folks, right? So people are creators; they can make money for TikTok. Mm-hmm. Right as they're doing that, do you know Instagram and Facebook are saying that they're going to stop to stop paying influencers? So they're going to stop a really? whole thing of commerce. Yes. Ooh. You would think Maybe that. Maybe that's why. But yes, mm. because TikTok is people have control of their own content. But if mm-hmm. you go on Facebook and Instagram, the government will, those algorithms will weed out your content. Mm. Now, I'm wow. not saying you should get, you know, Chinese stuff opposed to American stuff. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it is blaringly obvious that something else is going on. TikTok mm-hmm. has not hurt you where they tried to plan it as they, they could be spying on you getting your information. Well, hmm. so is Facebook. Yeah, really. You know, so. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's not like so Facebook just, is just, just the greatest thing ever. Right. So just to put that out there, most of the people that I, most of the stuff that I've been sent to on tech, sent on TikTok links, most of that stuff is usually informational. Mm-hmm. So why would you stop that part? Like you shouldn't have to ban all of it. So they're saying that you can't make money and tell people the truth. Like right? you have to be able to, you can tell them the truth for free. But we get to weed out what truth they get to say. And I know in those algorithms, they're just saying that, I don't know if it was Instagram or another one that said that, I think it's Google, that actually has algorithms to counter programming. I forgot what they're calling it. But if you send out a message, they will make sure that in your algorithm you get uh, the complete opposite message or a different point of view. Mm. Yeah, that's brainwashing, right? So if I tell you the truth, They'll say, yeah, but look at it this way, right? Like, there's no absolute truth. But we don't have that on this show, so we can talk about anything we want to. Right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right now. Right now. And they'll be like, right now. you're banned from your RSS feeds, and you can't download <laughs> it, right? Really? Uh, now, immigration into America, um, 20th largest counties, like, immigration into these countries, they have tripled last year since the pandemic lows, but the birth rate still remains low nationwide. That's according to new Mm. census data that was released. So the nation's 20 largest counties gained more than 300,000 new residents between July 2021 and 
July 2022, so international migration has more than tripled the gain of the prior 12 months. So here's what's going on. This is according to census data that was released on Thursday. So they said that um, many of those counties continue to shrink overall, um, so at a slower pace as the national birth rates and domestic migration to the suburbs and beyond has gone lower. So people are not having as much kids, and most people are not moving to the suburbs. The, the cities are gaining more people, by the way. So that's going to hurt the Republicans generally knowing this information. But they're saying um, out of the nation's 10 most populous counties, four continued um, to see population declines last year. So in Los Angeles um, County, Cook County in Illinois and Chicago, Orange mm-hmm. County in California. Yeah, that's Anaheim and Kings County in New York and Brooklyn. They've seen um, declines, but reversal in population losses, like notable to King County um, in Washington, the home of Seattle, um, and Dallas County, okay, in Texas, and two Florida counties, Miami-Dade and Broward, has increased because of the, mig- the immigrants that's coming in there. It's not the birth rate. So the census is showing data that the net international migration added more than a million people to the U.S. population last year, and that's a huge rebound from the historic lows seen during the pandemic. Mm. So the the counties with the biggest influx of international immigrants last year were Miami-Dade in Florida, Harris County, that's Houston, um, and uh, Los Angeles County. You know, along with Broward. She just moved downtown. She just moved, I should say, Downtown, but she moved into the Harris uh, County. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you know, it has two counties. For those who don't know, there's Fort Bend and there's there's um, we just said it, Harris County. Yeah, so, Harris County. yeah, yeah. Harris County is like downtown area, so people are moving, like I said, to seats to cities, and this is why Republican governors are wigging out because they demonize cities because that's where the population of people are and they try to give mm. rural smaller populations more power over the people who have larger populations now mm. yeah now i i remember going through this story before i want to say must have been a year ago but here we go again a man temporarily temporarily goes blind after being scratched by his cat on the arm from a bacterial blood infection so the individual who has not been named said the, crap, the cat would scratch him repeatedly on his arm, and doctors initially thought the symptoms were COVID uh, before they diagnosed, diagnosed it as whatever the cat scratch disease, whatever they're calling it. But that's what they're calling it now. He went blind from being scratched by a cat. Wow. You know, cats, cats are sneaky. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at all cats like kind of strange now. <laughs> like, why are you looking at me like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> scratchy right uh, mm. yep now the the oh you know okay so speaking of the the trump saga remember that guy that QAnon shaman shaman guy who pled guilty yeah mm-hmm. to the january 6th do you know they released him from prison to a halfway house for what 14, for what 14 months early for what they said he was on good behavior that is a guy, this guy, Jacob, Jacob Chansley, who's 35. He pled guilty in September to civil disorder, 
violent entry into the Capitol, amongst other charges, and was sentenced to 41 months in federal prison. As of mm-hmm. Thursday, the Bureau of Prison Records showed that his, and his former attorney confirmed that um, Chansley was in a Phoenix halfway house after serving just under 27 months of that prison total. Mm-hmm. Remember he was the guy who was talking about he, he has a very strict diet and his mother wrote in saying that he mm-hmm. needed, they need to change the jail food? Yeah. You're in jail, buddy. That's the same guy. <laughs> I, I, something else is, okay, we ain't going to even go into this. All right, so uh, the Guardian, the newspaper, um, the the British newspaper, has apologized this week for its founders' link, uh, links to slavery, to the slave trade, and announced that it would be paying, uh, I don't know what the, I think it's about $14 million in U.S. money, but they're going to mm. pay about $10 million of British money in reparations as a part of a decade-long program of restorative justice. So the newspaper owners, the Scott Trust, said that it's expected to dedicate millions to descendant communities linked to the Guardian's 19th century founders. The paper originally called the Manchester Guardian was founded in 1821, and um, the the guy who founded this guy, John Edward Taylor, who was a cotton merchant whose father worked in the textile industry, um, they literally uh, supplied or received cotton from the U.S. plantations. So researchers from the University of Nottingham and Hull um, were able to identify Taylor's link to plantations on the sea islands of the southeastern U.S. Atlantic coast. So South Carolina, North Carolina. So they ended up apologizing. The newspaper owners apologized um, um, to the effect the communities identified in the research of the surviving descendants of the enslaved people. And um, they said they're creating 12 new guardian journalism roles just for reporting in the black community in the U.K. and other foreign territories the Global Fund Fellowship Program for uh, Mid-Career Black Journalists, among other initiatives. Um, in response to the findings, the Scott Trust is committed to funding restorative justice programs over the next decade, uh, which is designed to carry out you know, local and what they said national communities in the U.S., Jamaica, and the U.K., and elsewhere centered um, on long-term initiatives for a meaningful impact. This is what Kathleen Winner, who's the editor-in-chief of The Guardian and News Media, said. She said, we're facing yeah. up and apologizing for the fact that our founders and those who funded him um, drew their wealth from the practice of a crime that was against humanity. Yeah. And, you know, I, I needed to shout, shout them out. That's, all I'm, that's why I did the stories, because, again, Mainstream media does not do stories like this because they know other people are also should be do, stepping up and doing the same thing. Bank of America, mm-hmm. Chase, all of those guys should be like, oh, you know what? We have an amends to make. Mm-hmm. They won't do that. All right. Now, a new report has laid bare that the most disaster-prone counties in the U.S., um, you know, they're saying unmasking communities in, in California and Florida, Florida are some of the most dangerous. So 
So they're saying that um, they analyzed, I think it said 19 of them were split. They, they analyzed 25, but 19 of them were split between California and Florida. So Los Angeles County was the worst off, according to Forbes' advisor, who tallied the number, the highest number of federal emergency management disaster de- declarations over the past decade. So if you're in Los Angeles, Long Beach, they have weather-related, climate-related disasters. Um, um, they were the highest, and coming in second was um, East Baton Rouge, Paris, and Orleans, Paris, and Louisiana. They both tied for mm. second. So, wow. coincidentally, they're saying look out in these places because they're going to be disaster-prone. They said the L.A. neighborhood of Riverside County, um, um, what is it, Sonoma County in, in um, I guess, is Northern California, um, they said the whole area between California and Nevada, they have they're looking for, you know, droughts and of course it's desert out there, but risk of wildfires and and Reno and all of those guys. So they recorded eleven natural disasters over the last decade. Reno and Sparks. That's, wow. That's California and Nevada, right along the border. So, mm. yeah. So anyway, they they're they're saying that rounding out the top ten of counties that's going to have uh, natural disasters who are most risk, Charleston is one of two South Carolina counties to make the list, um, followed by a tie between Ventura in California, Ventura County, um, Florida's Duval, Miami-Dade, Broward, of course where the black folks is and where most of the new migrants have come to, um, Palm mm. Beach counties along with Hillsborough, <laughs> <laughs> Seminole counties and those guys made the list. So here we go again. You know, y'all are like welcome to America, and now we have a bunch of water. Like that's what's right. gonna happen, right? With those areas. Now, you know, speaking of Florida, you know, Disney um, uh, ran around Ron DeSantis in that they had there was a loophole. Remember, he tried to strip them of their power uh, yeah. for being their own little city. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you saw that story. Yeah, I did. You know, Disney pretty much governs itself, right? Mm-hmm. So they they take care of the sewage and everything. Like Disney, that was their deal. They just built it out of swampland, so they gave them that. So DeTantis tried to strip them of their power because of that "Don't Say Gay" bill, right? So right. he was he relied on the special legal pri- um, um, privileges that is held for decades, the so-called, like, Reddy Creek Improvement District. So it covers 40 square miles that's owned by Disney, owned by the corporation. So in retaliation, DeSantis moved to revoke these self-governing privileges by imposing his own board to run the district. However, the governor appeared to have the rug pull out from under him um, at the last minute, right, because Disney filed – uh, a complaint, and here's what it says in their provisions. It says that, and now this was just done in 2021 too, right? Mm. So they said that this states that provisions will remain in place until 21 years after the death of a surviving descendant of King Charles the Third, <laughs> the King of England. Wow. <laughs> they said, wow. Yeah, as of this declaration. So as as it goes, everything has to stay in place until the last living descendant of King Charles the Third. 
And you know who the last living descendant is? This one-year-old girl, Princess whatever of Sussence, who lives in California. It is Megan uh, Markle's them kids. Wow. <laughs> I, you know what? I know what kind of clause to put in. Uh, to put in now, it's a so-called royal clause used by lawyers to avoid rules against contracts that last into perpetuity, mm, right? Mm, mm. So the British yeah. royals were were selected because the information about their royal tree is readily available and because the family um, generally have a longer life experience, uh, expectancy, according to this law firm, um, Brickett. So if you mm. want to put something to have it for the rest of your life, you just say, to the last living descendant of these folks, mm. and you will never lose no. It's 21 yeah. years after the last living descendant, too. It specifically yeah, really. gives a number. So you're like, okay, that child is one years old, one year old. Oh, my God. So good luck, because if she has kids, <laughs> it's going on really? for another couple. Mm. Yep. Now, a well-connected Republican um, strategist who flaunt his wealth online has been convicted of sex trafficking of minors in Minneapolis. Now, this guy, Anton Lazaro, um, was described as prosecutors as um, Minneapolis Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> That's what they called him. <laughs> now, he was a supporter of Trump. He got pictures with him and Pence. He was a big Republican ally of Trump. But they said that he was accused of preying on broken young girls and giving them ever-clear liquor and paying mm. teens thousands of dollars to have sex with them. So defense attorneys elected 32-year-old, yeah. He was once captioned, he once captioned a shot of Jeffrey Epstein by saying, rest in peace, my brother. Mm. They said he was trying to fix the high school students and even enlist, them, enlist one as a, re, as a recruiter. But Lazaro um, was found guilty on seven counts of involving five girls between the age of 15 and 16 um, on Friday. He now faces 10 years and life in prison. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That Apparently this is um, a little bit more um, common than we even know. Exactly. Yep. Now, you know, a, a man and a woman were amongst five people taken into custody um, after a shootout yesterday in, in the parking lot at Trader Joe's in West Hills um, Shopping Center in Southern California. Now, you know, again, they were taken alive, so I don't have to play black or white on this, but I should have. Mm. I should have threw out that well, music because... You said, you said it all when they said they were taken alive. You know they were white. They were taken alive after they had mm-hmm. an open shootout at a grocery mm. store. A 45-year-old man was killed, while three other victims, including a 35-year-old woman, two um, men, 35 and 40, were in serious and critical condition. So the Syracuse Police, uh, Syracuse City, the Los Angeles Police Department said that multiple suspects produced firearms and fired at each other during the incident, which killed, uh, which they think is linked to a drug deal. That's what they're saying. But the yeah. girl who they took out of the car, who was the getaway driver, um, she was arrested as well. <laughs> Again, they took them all alive. They just didn't just start shooting. Mm. The police, the police showed up and did not shoot. That don't sound right. Mm, mm, mm. Los Angeles police at that? Really? Man, they had that one group that was that was just they were they were dedicated to to take out black folks. So yeah, yeah. wow. 
Yep. Now, uh, a happily married couple who shares three children have revealed how they discovered that they were related by taking a family tree DNA test. <laughs> so, Cecile, <laughs> these two guys, from, these two folks from Colorado, I won't say their name, been together for 17 years, wed uh, for more than 10. Uh, they decided to do that family tree thing and do the, send their DNA, and the wife who wrote a book about her experience, said that my kids and my husband are everything and we'll look past it. They're going to look past it? That's nice. They said all of our kids have ten fingers and ten toes. And that was a good icebreaker to laugh about it. She said, but she urged couples to check their own heritage. She wrote, uh, this was three kids and that I found out that we were related and I didn't, and I did my DNA and I think um, in 2016, and yeah, it was devastating because I was like, we're related, we're not even supposed to be together, this is weird, and I'm really freaked out. Really? Whatever to you, lady. <laughs> but it's what, I just want to put that out there. Like She she was like, um, even though we're related, we're not getting divorced. We three kids in. Mm. You know, oh, wow. real quick, here's a story. Here's a story I need your, I need your uh, response on. So a woman revealed that she discovered a horrifying videotape of a previous owner that showed a naked woman who appeared to have no idea that she's being recorded. So it was the guy's mm-hmm. wife who was recording her. She was like, what should you do with the tape? So she has, you know, 1.6 million views, Connecticut woman. She found the tape in the house, and she's wondering what to do with the tape. <laughs> I'm like, it's a VHS tape, so I wouldn't be able to play it. So I don't know what you right. want to do with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you can't give it to police because now you're showing child, you're showing pornography. So just destroy, right. just destroy, destroy, yeah. Yeah, destroy. Yeah. That's the best thing you could do with it. Wow. Right. Mm. So that was her issue. All right. So I know we hit the top of hours, but we'll we'll do some more news uh, next week. All right, brother. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. All right. Later. All right. Later.